The following podcast contains spoilers and adult language. We recommend watching the movie beforehand, but hey, that isn't your bag. No worries. You do you. Brought to you by our patrons over at patreon.com slash matinee If you'd like to support the show, consider becoming a patron. Donations start at just $1 a month, and half of all proceeds after hosting costs will go towards actual manatee habitat preservation, because we like to pay it forward by giving back. Enjoy the show. So, speaking of tornadoes, as we frequently do, have you seen any good movies lately? Um, I was curious about Sharknado, because I've never seen that. And I've heard it has a bunch of sequels that I assume are all very bad, but I didn't watch that. Um, but instead I watched Twister, which is the most Twister most movie I've ever watched. So that's something. This movie's amazing. Uh, Twister, listen, here's, here's what I love about Twister, and I'm not saying it's good, because it's not. (laughs) It might be so bad it's good, I think it might have hit that sweet spot for me. Um, we'll talk about it. (laughs) It's not, you know... It's not Troll 2 so bad it's good, (laughs) but it's up there. (laughs) I actually haven't seen Troll 2 before. Well, (laughs) you think we need to do that one soon? Probably not for this podcast. Oh, okay. I don't know, it's just, it's... Just making fun of Troll 2 is like shooting poop. Like, there's no reason to... (laughs) Like, we're not gonna bring anything new to the table. Um, but we should watch it. Either way. I'm down. But what I love about Twister is it's, you know, like, the 90s had a lot of disaster movies. Some of them were, none of them were really good, but some were okay. This one, 
looks like it's gonna be a disaster movie, but then it's more of like a slasher film with the tornadoes the villain. <laughs> Which is amazing when you get right into it. I looked this up because I was curious about it, about the sound effects of the tornadoes. Because every time a tornado shows up, it sounds like a horde of demons is being summoned. And apparently... It growls! <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, but apparently the director who is one of my favorite names in all of Hollywood, Jan de Bont. Jan de Bont. He apparently just recorded a bunch of animals making noises like lions and tigers and camels. And then he just put that together and it's like, that's what a tornado sounds like. I, I thought I heard a camel in there. <laughs> That's interesting. <laughs> There's also a very interesting thing I found out about probably the most famous scene in this movie later on. I'll tell talk about it when we get to it. Awesome. Yad Bond better known for Speed and Minority Report are the kinds of movies he usually does. <laughs> Which I think are both pretty good in their way. In their way. <laughs> Twister, 1996. People like this movie though. It's got a 63% tomato meter score and a 58 audience appreciation score, so it's north of 50%. I would have thought the audience appreciation score would have been higher than the critical score, but I, what do I know? I think. It's, it's probably really polarizing. It feels like one of those movies that a lot of people love. Yeah. But it is... It's so stupid. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like it's pretty hard to ignore. Yeah. For there's some, a, you know. There's a Roger Ebert quote, and I don't have it in front of me. But he said something to the effect of, If you're looking for a movie where you can turn your brain off, this is the perfect movie for you. If you want to think about the movie you're watching, avoid this. Which I, I agree with wholeheartedly. It is. But you know what it did do, and I'll give it this also, it did have me thinking about tornadoes after it was over. Oh yeah. And like, 
thinking about, even though it was obviously wrong on a lot of stuff, thinking about what a crazy job that must have been. The real life version of it, you know. Like it was... It got my mind in a mode, and that's... That's fairly valuable. Yeah. A lot of movies we watch, I, I forget about the second they're out of my system. <laughs> but... Yeah. I mean, I... Like, I have relatives who live in Oklahoma. So... I don't think they necessarily have to deal with stuff of this sort of magnitude, but they probably have dealt with tornado stuff a fair bit. So, like, it's... It has... It has some sort of... I don't want to say like a... a family connection or whatever but you know I have people I know people who live in that state and or people who live in the tornado alley section of the United States and just you know when I think about watch this movie I think about them I think god I hope they don't have to ever deal with crap like this yeah, I saw a tornado once. It wasn't like real close, but I was driving through, I want to say Nebraska. Mm-hmm. But honestly, there's like five states in a row there where once you're driving through them, it's just those states. Yeah. So I don't know. But no, it's. You don't have to do a lot of work to make tornadoes scary. Mm-hmm. Like. That shit's amazing. Yeah. So, right from making a movie about, <laughs> I'm not sure you need to fill it with sharks and stuff. <laughs> but uh, it's a 6.4 on IMDb, but on Amazon.com, world's largest retailer, I think. That might be Alibaba, actually. Yeah. Uh, Western World's largest retailer. Yeah. This is one of the five-star ones. Really? According to Amazon, this is a perfect movie. Wow, we've been getting more of those recently. Now we're tackling the classics on this show. Huh. I mean... Like, I don't remember... I think the first five-star movie we got was Felix the Cat, and then we've gotten three or four of those since then. That's... That's... That's pretty high praise for this movie to be as good as Felix the Cat. Yeah, and, and we've been guessing. Like, we haven't been going on reviews and picking movies that way. We've just coincidentally I you know what I think our tastes have matured mm-hmm. 
I think that might be it. That that must be it. I I think like we're just yeah. We're, we're definitely past the whole phase of of passe nonsense like memento. And now we have to move into the 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 oeuvre of movies like Twister and uh, Felix the Cat that are just masterpieces. Yeah, we uh, we we are now drawn to excellence, and excellence I think is drawn to us. I think that's what's happening. <laughs> sure, I'll go with that. Tell you what, though, compared with like a water world, you know, Kevin Costner would have fit right in this fucking movie. Yeah, I could see that. You know what? That. Kevin Costner does get eaten by a tornado in the Superman movie. Come think of it. <laughs> Alright. <laughs> um. You know what? Uh, I, I actually didn't even realize it because I, I was just looking at the Wikipedia article for this, uh, for this movie today. I didn't know there was a sequel on the works. The what? The, I, I didn't know there was either. There's a They're doing a a Twisters. What are they it, doing? It is actually called Twisters. Apparently. Hey! It's, it's going to follow uh, the the story of. Uh, of Helen Hunt and Helen Hunt's kid because they they can't use uh, Bill Paxton's character because Bill Paxton died so yeah but but yeah apparently it's You, you know what yeah I support it I like Helen Hunt. I think she should have been in more movies. Yeah. I think she got a little bit typecast when she was on the... Was it Mad About You for like 20 years or something? Yeah. So. But then like... I think she had the Jennifer Aniston thing where like she could have been a movie star but then she was on a really successful TV show and that sort of who she is for a while. Yeah. But, yeah. I think she does a pretty good job here. I think, I think, yeah, most, well, I think most uh, of the actors actually do a pretty decent job here. Just... You know, when you got the ridiculously stupid, over-the-top ragtag group of boys, including Philip Seymour Hoffman and Alan Ruck, for some reason. Yeah. And then Carrie Elwes is the antagonist. It's like... 
What? Who cast this movie? <laughs> it's so weird to have like so, so many weird, so many like prominent names in the movie just in these supporting roles. I'm sorry, I'm I'm getting ahead of myself, but just it just feels weird to me. It has like yeah, Philip Seymour Hoffman is just some random dude uh, in in the storm chasing group. Yeah, and you you did not need this many characters. Yeah, like, I like most of them. <laughs> I actually do like most of them. Like the, when they're just hanging out and not doing ridiculous shit. <laughs> Seems like a good group. But, like, I don't know half their names. Yeah, there's, there's like, there's, there's Map Guy, mm-hmm. and then I guess he's a scientist, but just sort of seems like a goofball guy. Mm-hmm. But then there's other Map Guy. And there's a guy who follows them around, who I guess is also working for them, but I can't tell what he does. And then there's Lady, who seems like an additional, like, radar person. Which, like, I, I, I get the real teams need more than one person each job, but movie teams don't, you know. Mm-hmm. And then there are like three others yeah. who are just kind of there. I mean, when when they pull up in a convoy of what, four or five giant jeep vans or whatever, it's like, this is, this is a bit much. Don't think you need this many, this much stuff and this many people. But whatever. Yeah. Well, and they have an entire, entire van for the guy who reads maps. <laughs> but like, you could also have that guy on the same van as all your equipment. Reading maps and giving directions to the driver next to him. It doesn't have to be broadcast out to three vehicles. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. It, it, it's a good crew, but yeah, they, they didn't need to hire as many people. But... To give credit where credit's due, unlike some of the flops we've done in the past, the budget was $92 million for this movie. Big budget, a lot of big name actors. But it grossed $495 million worldwide. Yeah, I... So... I, I looked at it. Did good. <laughs> yeah, I I don't normally look up budget information, although I think last 
last time we talked extensively about flops and like how budgets are decided and stuff. This was the second highest grossing movie of 1996. The only movie that made more was Independence Day. And that kind of blew my mind that this movie made so much fucking money. Which I think was also the only reason it didn't get, like, best special effects awards, right? Yeah, yeah, Independence Day got that one. And the Academy Awards. Which, in fairness, it should have. But, like, (laughs) yeah, I could see Twister winning a different year. Yeah, for sure. I I mean, I'm not... Not now. It doesn't look great now. (laughs) But like 1996, that was pretty impressive. I mean, it was it was uh, ILM that did all the visual effects, so of course it was good. Yeah. No. Some of them still hold up. Not like the... Not the ones that the camera focuses on, really. (laughs) But, like, the skies... The skies look great. The skies still look great. Yeah. I read that, um... Because... Um... Because... They filmed on location in Oklahoma. Uh, Jan de Bont had to film a bunch of scenes during bright, like bright sunshine days, and because it was supposed to always be kind of overcast and stormy out that they had to increase the number of, of digitized uh, skybox photos for ILM by like 50% or 100% or something. So that was, that caused like a massive increase in the budget and everything. Yeah, you can tell they're doing a lot of that sort of what do they call it? Day for night? Where you just kind of put a blue something over it? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Guess who wrote this movie? I saw that too. It's Michael Crichton. Yeah, right? Like, how A, how does one put out Jurassic Park and then this? Although also he did like Congo and some others that weren't great, come to think of it. Mm-hmm. But uh <laughs> Did did you get a really Jurassic Park vibe from this though? Like from the crew? I kept thinking the um like, the Helen Hunt character could have been 
the Laura Dern character and the Bill Paxton character could have been the, uh... Oh, hell, what's his name? Sam Neill character. I could feel that for sure, yeah. Yeah. It definitely feels like they could have possibly... I forget who. I know someone who initially turned down Helen Hunt's role, but I can't remember who it was. I have to look this up. I'm sorry. I don't think it was Laura Dern, but it was definitely somebody, somebody similar. Definitely could have been. What they needed was a was an Ian Malcolm. Mm-hmm. Like you throw him in there, the whole thing gets I don't know three percent better. It doesn't matter that much. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I also found out that uh, Tom Hanks is apparently supposed to play Bill Harding, but he didn't do that. You know, I I love Tom Hanks. I think Bill Paxton did just fine. Like, I don't... The weaknesses of this movie are not its cast. <laughs> That's not a... Uh... A thing I think needs work, but yeah, Tom Hanks would also have been great. I love that guy. Yeah. And that would have been like his four scumpier too, huh? Yeah. I think that was 95, but yeah, it would have been right around there. Um, okay. I, yeah, I was... Laura Dern, that jogged my memory. She actually declined to play the character uh, that Helen Hunt ended up playing. Weird. Oh, shit. Yeah. I mean, it would have been a bit of a step down after Jurassic Park, but... But still, it's... It's weird, the, the, the connections that we're making today. Well, also, speaking of Tom Hanks, one of the few other movies Helen Hunt did was Castaway. Yeah. So, like... So... Th- there's... A connection. Hollywood's pretty inbred. There's gonna be a lot of yeah. it's, it's it's like that's that that's why that whole six degrees of Kevin Bacon thing took off because everyone's related to everybody else and everyone eventually works with everybody else. Yeah, if you know a celebrity or someone who works with celebrities, you're, you're 
three degrees from anyone in any movie. Mm-hmm. But yeah, yeah. So we got we got Helm Hunt. We got Bill Paxton, Madney Manti alum from Tombstone, making his triumphant return. <laughs> Uh, it's been a podcast. Welcome back, Bill Paxton. <laughs> also making his triumphal return, Carrie Elways yeah. in a slightly less charming than Wesley from Princess Bride role. <laughs> slightly. Although, man, this guy's a really good actor, because, like... Oh, yeah. He has such a handsome, punchable face in this movie. <laughs> and I would never have thought that about Wesley. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, he, he's very... Uh, he's he's very just good. good. Mm-hmm. He's fantastic. And also, also make a triumphant return, Jamie Gertz, the, uh, the wife of Bill Paxton, or the new wife of Bill mm-hmm. Paxton, who winds up not getting married to him, is the girl from Lost Boys. Oh... Okay. Which I wouldn't have... I knew she looked familiar. I thought it was just... She reminded me a lot of, uh... Uh... Billy Crudup? Crudup? Mm-hmm. The male actor. I was just like, no, that, that... Maybe they're related or something. But no, no. I've seen her before. And it was as the, uh, the, whatever you call it, the honeypot trying to get Michael into the, the gang. Okay. The girl named Star. Hmm. Okay, okay. I remember Star. Okay. So, we've seen a lot of these folks before. Yeah. Actually, there's at least one more alum in here, uh, which I looked through the... Oh, yeah? Yeah. Uh, Jake Busey is in this movie for like four seconds, I think. What? Yeah. He he was one of Where? he's what? one of uh, he's one of Carrie Elwes's assistants. He's on the truck for like four seconds. I heard his voice. I didn't see his face, but I heard his voice. Or I heard Gary Busey's voice, and I thought it can't be Gary Busey because he wouldn't be in this movie. I looked it up, and it's Jake Busey is in here. So, there you go. I missed him entirely. I mean, I noticed, like, I saw, obviously, the guy from, 
Ferris Bueller say off. Saw Philip Seymour Hoffman. Uh-huh. Saw the boss from Fight Club is the driver of the <laughs> bad guy team. And I think I think Aunt Steak and Eggs, I don't uh-huh. remember her real name. Aunt Meg. Is uh is from Minority Report. Oh, okay. There's someone else to recognize. One of the the minor ragtag group guys was like in West Wing or something. I don't remember who. Mm-hmm. But, um, recognizable faces all over the place. Yeah, exactly. It's also the tornado. I think was also the played by the guy who played uh, Jason Voorhees in Friday the 13th. Oh, interesting. Wait, in the original? <laughs> or in, like, the sequel? Uh. Because the, the original, yeah, he was Jess. Oh, yeah, the sequels. Okay, okay, good, good. (laughs) Just making sure that you're not making bullshit up right now, man. No, I would never. I would never. Good. Good. I hold you accountable to this. You know who the shit got for the tornadoes? Andre the Giant. Just spinning very quickly wearing a gray leg scarf. <laughs> I, that would have been amazing, but he died a few years before this movie came out. So I don't think that would have been God possible. damn it. I know. Why do these guys keep dying? I don't know. Bill Paxton and Philip Seymour Hoffman and now the tornado. Yeah. It wasn't a tornado but is in my head. Yeah, I know. It's it's unfortunate. Now who would they actually should have gotten? For this, for to play, to play tornado. Although it was a few years from becoming a wrestler, uh, do you know the name Brock Lesnar? I do. He was an MMA guy for a while, right? Yeah. He uh, before and after that, he he used he worked for uh, for WWE. And his finisher is called the F5. That's pretty good. Yeah. You know who I would have cast as the tornado? Who? Uh, Michelle Kwan. Oh, yeah. Would have been pretty good. Yeah, I can see just hide ice off screen, just have her spin hell of a fast. (laughs) 
feet or something so you can't tell she's on a plate of ice they brought in for the scene. God, now I actually want to see a version of this movie where the tornadoes are played by people. Is that weird? I wonder how long it would take no, because it's, it's not that much dumber. <laughs> I mean, it's, yeah, okay, fair. I, uh, I wonder how long it would take me. I won't do this. I would do two scenes of this and lose interest. But to photoshop in, I would need a clip of the matches spinning around, so I'm going ice skaters more than actors, but to just replace every scene. <laughs> it could work. So I gotta, I gotta, it's not really a game, it's kind of a game. I got a question for you. A hypothetical, one of those would you rathers. Okay. Of all of Bill Paxton's weird jobs uh, that he's famous for his movies, which one would you like the most to actually do because he's been a storm chaser which seems rad he's been a deep sea treasure hunter in Titanic he's been an astronaut 13th also Tom Hanks he's been like a crazy jungle zoologist in Mighty Joe Young. Like... Is there a particular Bill Paxton job you would want to do IRL? Um... I mean, admittedly, it would probably end in my death, but I would probably like to be uh, like a, a deep space explorer, you know? Like, I, I don't actually know, because I haven't yeah. watched... But he was in Aliens, right? Or just he was like, in Aliens as a space marine, and he was in Apollo 13 as an astronaut. Okay. It was both similar. Kind of. I mean, it, like... I'm, he was probably in space in two or three other movies, honestly. I mean, I, I'm actually looking at his filmography. He was in Aliens, but I don't know what he did because I actually have not seen Aliens. I'm sorry. 
everyone. Oh, really? Yeah. Yeah, he was, he was one of, like, half a dozen space marines. Okay, so, space marine, never mind. He think, was like think... Yeah, I think Starship Troopers, but better. Okay. In every way. Yeah. <laughs> uh, in that case, I'd probably just go for Apollo 13, because I think astronauts are kind of interesting, and that would be kind of... I mean, it's still dangerous, but it's probably very slightly less dangerous than being a storm chaser. Like, if if I had to die, I'd rather die in, like, a rock explosion than being sucked into a, the suck zone of a tornado. Or eaten by... Yeah, I mean, you might want to put out space either way. Yeah, that's true. I don't know. Fair enough. What about you? Well, one thing I'll give this movie, it, it makes the Storm Chaser job look pretty sweet. <laughs> like, I've driven around the Midwest, and it's pretty boring, but I wasn't chasing tornadoes. But I, I think being a deep sea treasure hunter would be pretty dope. Probably, yeah. Uh... Getting your little, your little not quite spaceship because it it keeps pressure out instead of in. <laughs> yeah. But like, you go down there and just boop boop boop. What's that? Dead folks again. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> you know, just sort of... It's like Waterworld, but he needs. He needs, he needs a ship to do it. Yeah. It's like Waterworld, but physically possible. Yeah. I mean, we're of course not including Kevin Costner's jobs, because then obviously I want to be a Waterworld man. Because <laughs> you can swim and drink your own delicious piss, and that's your whole... Oh, God. <laughs> Your whole job. Um, I forgot about the delicious piss thing. You have to mention that more. Jesus Christ. Um, I, I, I'm just looking through Bill Paxton's filmography right now. Uh, apparently he played a character named Coconut Pete. In Broken Lizard's Club Dread, I'm changing my answer to be I want to be Coconut Pete. I don't know what what he does. That's what we gotta watch next. Okay. (laughs) Broken Lizard's Club Dread? I've never seen it, but we need to. I think I've seen it, but it's been a very long time ago. Now, is, is that the whole title, or is Broken Lizard like the acting troupe that did Super Troopers and those guys? It's, it's, it, it, yes. It is the title of the movie, and okay. it is also their work. Alright. 
because I did like I liked Beer Fest. I think that was them. Yeah, that was. Yeah, see, let's try it. Club yeah. Dread. I know they did another movie called The Slammin' Salmon, which is about a restaurant, and the owner of the restaurant is played by Michael Clark Duncan, but it's kind of a bad movie. So, I'm okay with Club Dread, honestly. I do love him, though. He is fantastic, but... He's just... He's so large. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. He also could have played Tornado in this movie. That I would very much like to see. Just spinning and actually yelling, I'm gonna get you Hellenhunt <laughs> specifically. <laughs> <laughs> Not even yelling her character, just the actor's names. <laughs> yeah, this young cookie round on with camel noises just <laughs> chopped in. <laughs> Whatever the hell. Uh, yeah, I'll watch that. I got a lot of ideas for, I mean, twisters, it sounds like they already have planned, but twistier, um, Mm -hmm. my sequel. (laughs) So, apparently, and this might be one of the reasons why uh, Helen Hunt didn't do that many more movies. It was kind of a disaster health of actors-wise. Yeah. Because a lot of the special effects we see that aren't CGI are just these maniacs actually throwing, like, fence posts around <laughs> with... with giant jet turbines and shit. Mm-hmm. And also, they... They had to get hepatitis shots because they were in that ditch in the first tornado, which apparently was mostly cow manure runoff. Gross. Because they're in farmlands. <laughs> uh, they got blinded by lights that were used to decrease the film exposure to make the skies look darker. Which I think is the second movie where Smashers got blinded by lights, because it also happened in Jason the Argonauts, right? I don't remember that one, but it makes it. I would understand when that would happen. Yeah, this is 1996. Like, what are you guys doing? Yeah. And she also got concussed by a car door in that scene towards the end where they're driving through a cornfield and they have to 
push the doors forward because that's how track doors open. Mm-hmm. And for some reason, they were just having them actually try to open car doors while the cars get like dragged through corn and it slammed on her head because of course it did. So maybe she didn't want to do that many more movies after this because I'm mad about you and no one ever tried to kill her. I mean, I can understand her not wanting to do action movies after this because this this sounds like extremely, uh, what's the word, negligent uh, directing? By by Jan de Bon, yeah. <laughs> but I mean, I if she did other, what was the other one she did? You said it earlier, and I can't remember what it was. The famous one. Oh, uh, Castaway. Castaway. But she, I guess she wasn't in that one much, right? She was just sort of. I haven't seen Castaway. Yeah, um, she... She's just like... She was in the beginning and the end. Yeah. That's a good one. It's kind of depressing, but it's definitely a good one. Yeah. She was also in As Good As It Gets, where I think she... I think that's Jack Nicholson one. I'm not that sure, but that was just familiar, a really Yeah, I think if she would probably yeah. be fine doing less uh, action-heavy sequences and more comedies and or dramas where she doesn't have to stand in ditches and hold car doors open while their cars are driving. Yeah. Well, also just not working for Jan de Bon, who's famous for, like, speed, where he had people just actually jump between cars a lot, and that's why everyone loved it. <laughs> Like, like it's a tornado. You don't have to physically box in the tornado. It's not a necessary component of this movie. <laughs> yeah, like they have ILM doing the effects. They don't actually have to have people getting stuff thrown at them. Or at least you you can you can throw like foam rubber fence posts. Yeah, I mean, yeah, not like actual wood the fence, fence posts. Is not a yeah, like fence posts are among the easiest things I can think of to make an imitation of. <laughs> it's uh, it's 
painted lacquered anyway. It's just like put styrofoam in there. Yeah. I don't know. I'm not an artist. Never will be, probably. <sighs> so, they open this movie like a full on horror slasher ass movie. Mm-hmm. With like spooky music. It's a dark and stormy night <laughs> in June 1969. Hey, hey, hey. June. It's dark and there's clouds. And a twister is creeping up on an innocent family home from the woods. No, I'm not kidding. <laughs> this is... So it's sneaking up on him. And... They all have to, they hear it before it gets to them, because it's about to pounce. Um, and they leave the, the dog behind going to the cellar, because dogs and tornadoes, man. Mm-hmm. It's just like Man of Steel, except better, because that movie was... Also, very bad. <laughs> um, and they're just as they're running, the twisters start shooting lightning at their house. <laughs> um, or no, at their at their trees, I guess. But still, but it misses them. And hits the trees instead, cause lightning is a really inaccurate projectile. Mm-hmm. But Twister will learn from this. And then <laughs> they they get to the cellar, but some jackass put windows on their cellar door and <laughs> made it too small for the doorway. So, (laughs) I assume it was the dad, so we're supposed to feel really bad for the dad, but he earned this. (laughs) That's a sad excuse for a cellar door. Like, I've, I've hung doors before, for fuck's sake, it's not that hard. (laughs) All you need is shims, man. Shims! You, you shim it, and then you remove them afterwards to make sure it still fits. That's the trick. It's an easy trick! A tornado busts the cell roll open, eats the dad, and we get the title cards. Return of Twister, (laughs) which is uh, 
uh, very dramatic. I liked, though, her family. Uh, the, the, they cast a very Midwestern-ass couple that, like, wasn't super Hollywood, and I believed them. You know? Yeah. So, points to that. Mm-hmm. Sort of like a, like a kind of tired-looking scraggly dad and a larger-than-usual-allowed-in-Hollywood-movies mom and then this kid who's, I don't know, just a kid. They don't really have to act that much. And, like, it was good. Mm-hmm. These look like people. This is like a non-American movie for a second. Good stuff. Yeah. To give credit where credit's due. The fact that something amazingly stupid happens to them right after that. <laughs> Notwithstanding. <laughs> but they mentioned the name of the kid is Joe. Which is also the name of a character later on. Yeah, it's weird coincidence. But... Yeah. Like, I wonder if that was related, but I think it's not. No. That's just a totally... There's just always so many names. Yeah, totally unrelated family. Also, did you notice how many... Of the, uh, the named characters in the ragtag group are just the actor's first name? I, I did not, but that's interesting. <laughs> it's fun. Uh, it's not that many, but, like, two or three of them, like, um, you know, Bill Paxton's character's name is Bill. Yeah. Uh, Joey Slotnick's character's name is Joey. Um, maybe it's just those two, actually. Yeah, now that I'm looking at it, it was just the two, and I thought it was more power than it was. Mm. Still, that was funny to me. I, I will admit that um, I didn't pay super close attention to the ending credits because I was too busy trying to find out uh, who wrote that wank rock ass uh, outro song. Oh, that was Van Halen. Yeah. That was definitely Van Halen. No, I I didn't realize that, because, like, I thought Van, you know, I I expect Eddie Van Halen to write talent, like, to learn, like, melodic, wonderful songs. That was, like, discordant, horrible noise to me. Usually, I love Eddie Van Halen stuff. Rest in peace, Eddie Van Halen. But, like, that was a shitty song. I'm sorry. 
Yeah, but it was a shitty song that was just sort of wailing electric guitar over pictures of clouds, which was very funny yeah. to me. It's like, what are we doing? The, the music was... in this movie is not even remotely subtle. I know that none of this movie is subtle, but holy shit. The the fucking BGM in this in this in this movie is insanely over the top. I don't remember the name of the guy who did this. He's actually done a bunch of soundtracks, but like, man, in this in this scene where we're getting introduced, like when um, when Bill Paxton and I can't remember the actress's name. I'm sorry. Jamie Gertz, was that her name? When they're like... Yeah. When they're driving up to meet Helen Hunt's character and the, all the ragtag group. And there's this fucking happy adventure music that's playing in the background. Like... Okay. Yeah, it's like swashbuckling Yeah. <laughs> it's like, alright, I get it. This will not be an even slow. I mean, I, I know from the scene, from the first scene, but I realized at this point, this is, this movie will have zero subtlety to it. Well, what I loved is that some of the rock music is diegetic. Because Philip Seymour Hoffman is blasting it over a loudspeaker out of his car. <laughs> which is great when they're like driving through the ruins of people's lives and <laughs> trying to follow this tornado. Yeah. Yeah, and the psychopath just rolls in blasting like 90s butt rock. Yeah. It, the, it's so good. The, the ragtag group seems a little too happy to be seeing all of this ruin from the tornadoes. I don't know. Seems a bit... Seems a bit... Uh, heartless to me. Yeah, it's, um... Like, I I can see a mob uh, dragging that guy out of his truck at some point. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Just when they're going through the downtown, he's like, Okay, just a little Van Halen. Because <laughs> we're sad. <laughs> I'm like, fuck you! 
So we, we switched to today, mm-hmm. which is 1996, and the best goddamn CGI weather satellite I've ever seen. <laughs> Some of the special effects in this movie hold up, this one does not, it's the very first one, so that's too bad. <laughs> Computer nerds who have nothing to do with anyone else in the movie, they never meet, they never communicate back and forth, I don't know who these people are, Mm -hmm. but they have computers and are maybe the government? Maybe like... Another third operation that's just way smarter than the two that are out there getting killed? I don't know, (laughs) but... They say there's a record number of tornadoes coming, and, and they're, like, studying it with satellites the way that, like, adults would. Yeah. But meanwhile, out in the country with adventure music, a car is going somewhere very fast. (laughs) And that's where we're gonna be for the rest of the movie. (laughs) It has Bill Paxton in it, and a lady who looked a lot like Billy Crudup. I later found out that she was Jamie Gertz, and I feel bad for not knowing that. I wondered if maybe she was the little girl from the flashback, but no, they're heading towards the little girl from the flashback because she has signed divorce papers for him like in Sweet Home Alabama. But like, also in Sweet Home Alabama, she hasn't signed him yet. Mm. I think that was the movie? Was that like Matthew McConaughey and, and Witherspoon? I don't know. I have not seen that movie. The, the only Sweet Home Alabama I know is the Leonard Skinner song. Of the same name. That one's better, I think. (laughs) I'll take your word for it. (laughs) But I, I know I've seen the... Going back to the... The country where city person is from to get their ex to sign divorce papers has been a thing in at least one of their major movie, I think like a third of Hallmark movies. I'm not sure, but a lot of. I would imagine more than that. 
Side note, my mom watches a lot of Hallmark movies and that's, that seems to be oh, just no. a running theme with at least 50 to 60 percent of the movies, if not more. And there's a, um... If, and if they're not that, they're Christmas movies. So, it's one or the other. I forget the show. I don't even remember if it was like a radio show or a podcast. I think it was audio. I don't think it was like a late night show. But there was a game where they would take two real Hallmark movies and one they made up themselves because they're all so tropey and they had to guess which one was which and like no one ever could because they're so formulaic. Yeah. I want to rip that off, but I don't remember where I heard it, so I feel bad doing it. So these guys are not yet divorced, but they're gonna be. We, we get almost nothing about their relationship, except neither one is a functional adult. <laughs> and ever since so we've got these these two they're gonna be the main characters yeah there's Helen Hunt and ever since a tornado killed her father she's sworn to hunt down and kill as many tornadoes as possible <laughs> and then there's Bill Paxton, who was raised by tornadoes and speaks their language, <laughs> but we don't get to hear more about <laughs> Look, these are our heroes. Look, I'm, I'm not going to say that every movie that we thought up would be a better movie than this one. But I'm also not not saying that. <laughs> like I mean, he does, though. That's his, that's his weird-ass mutant power. He like he goes outside of restaurants and like eats a turd and knows what twin tornadoes are going. Yeah, it's 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 beyond ridiculous. <laughs> yeah. I'm inserting tiny exaggerations and small just what? drama snobs. No. But they are very small. No. <laughs> Actually. I couldn't tell. If I... 
it's, it's always it's always a suggestion that you watch the movie that we're going to talk about before you see this, but just a suggestion. And this one is a much stronger suggestion than usual. <laughs> because this is the dumbest and greatest thing I've seen in a while. <laughs> All of the reasons I'm going to give. <laughs> um, this might be the worst movie you've seen in a while. It's also my favorite movie you've seen in a while. So, <laughs> so meanwhile, at a bunch of vehicles in a field... <laughs> Which is our good guy base. Mm-hmm. Um, Helen Hunt is having spark trouble with a satellite dish on a van. It's making sparks she doesn't want it to make. You know how the movie gadgetry works. Holy mother of fuck, Philip Seymour Hoffman is here. How did I not know this? (laughs) Is my next note. Yeah, I I didn't know it either. I actually, I have not seen this. I hadn't seen this movie um, until very recently. I kind of wanted to see it in 1996, but I didn't for whatever reason. Yeah, it was a bit of a surprise. You didn't camp overnight for the premiere? (laughs) We've also got Cameron from Ferris Bueller's Day Off. This is when I realized she's Jamie Gertz. Mm-hmm. Um, Bill Paxton is friends with all the, his, his old friends with all these guys and all the scattered vehicles. And other ladies' new wife who was sort of starting to learn the excuse for why he's out there. None of which is actually necessary because... Within about 20 minutes, he's just going to be leader of this team, fulfilling his lifelong dream again. Mm-hmm. And, like, it's not, you know, it's not a bad premise to get someone out there, but it's also completely unnecessary, it seems like. Yeah. Like, it soon has nothing to do with anything. Yeah? Yeah. Is that just me? No. (laughs) But then we've got my favorite character, Dorothy. <laughs> who I thought was a robot or machine of some kind, but it's actually a barrel. 
The Dorothy invention is a barrel full of tiny probes. Yep. And the probes are probably really impressive, but... But yeah, I, I... the more I saw it, the more I was like, okay, so what is special about Dorothy? No, it's a goddamn barrel. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's the invention. <laughs> yep. It's a barrel with a lid, so that sometimes it doesn't work as well as a regular barrel does. <laughs> See, the only thought I had about the whole Dorothy thing was I thought the name was a little too on the nose with the whole Wizard of Oz reference, but... Yeah. It's, um... But... Did you know what Dorothy was based on? The... The character from the Wizard of Oz? Oh, no, no, I mean the, the invention. So, this oh. is fun. And I, I found this on, it is very on the nose. There was a real life project like this that they tried in the 60s. Oh. Uh, that they based on which a bunch of, like, probes, whatever they passed for probes might have just been like radar pings or things, but still um, that was going to try to get sucked up into a a tornado Mm -hmm. called Toto. Oh. Okay. So it's, it's pretty direct, like it is very on the nose, but so was the actual scientist thing they're okay. They're copying. Um, the only difference, really, is that you know in the movie, uh, Dorothy is what lets them beef up storm prediction by so much, um, and in real life. Toto didn't actually help that much, and what did it was was the invention of weather satellites. Because, mm. because, of course. Mm. But still, that's that was kind of interesting. I thought and. Uh, there's a lot more this is fucking bizarre to say out loud there's a lot more actual science in this movie (laughs) than I would have thought they seem to get all of it at least like at least 45 degrees wrong somehow but there's a lot of actual science referenced, at least, in this movie. It probably had... It probably got 
advice from an actual meteorologist as far as like terminology is concerned and they just sort of threw it at a wall and hoped that it sounded potentially accurate. Yeah. No, no, they... They're all real terms. The, the Fuji... Fuji... Fujita scale. Fuji... Fujita scale, thank you. Um, is a real scale, and like... F5s and... and all that, and like the... Little swirlies within the swirlies and stuff. It's all real. It's just not, you know. <laughs> well, but the okay, like that. The most important question, though, is: is the term "suck zone"? an actual meteorological term. Because that was... Wasn't that the term that, that Philip Seymour Hoffman was talking to, to... to Jamie Gertz about? Something about that at some point? It's like, that's a phrase that he keeps yeah. saying. It's like... It, it gets a little uncomfortable. Is that a real term, I wonder? I don't know if it's a real meteorological term. I know it's a bar in Lavender Heights, mm-hmm. but that's, um, it's a good bar. Mm. <laughs> Sounds like a And they were initially... The subtitle of this movie was going to be It Sucks. <laughs> they, uh, they obviously decided that was that was a little bit too of a gr- too much of a grounder for um <laughs> Well I mean the inevitable critics. I mean the last line of the movie is a little too meta also, but we'll get to that in a bit. I think what they went with instead was, um, the dark side of nature. Which is, you know, <laughs> whatever. Uh, uh, let me see, where am I at? Where am I at? Right, so, Dorothy's a barrel. It's a big barrel full of little robots in those, like, like, gotcha-pawn bubbles. Mm-hmm. And they have to put it up the Twister's butthole and it will act like a dye solution for, like, MRIs and let them see the whole thing. And it's not a terrible idea. How they get it up there is a terrible idea. Yeah. But the thing itself is, like, fair. Fair enough. Yeah. 
and for some reason they think this will increase their current advanced warning systems from 3 minutes to 15 minutes. How the hell they can project this, I don't know. Uh, they didn't really get into that because before learning anything about it, how would you possibly know how much you can improve? <laughs> how much warning you have from Nova, whatever, whatever. And that's, that's gonna be the premise. And I think they also say they have exactly four Dorothys yeah. done. Yeah. So, you know they're gonna fail three times <laughs> and then get it up there. Yeah. And rather coincidentally, there are exactly four tornadoes that they have, uh, that they, that, that they have to, uh, track during the course of this movie. Yeah, and they get bigger and bigger, don't they? Yeah, they, go, they do. It's like isn't a, the first one F2, then F3, then F4, then F5? Exactly. It's, it's, it's almost like, it's almost like the writers didn't give a shit. Yeah. <laughs> it sort of feels like it. Almost. <laughs> but then it turns out a tornado's coming right the fuck now. So they all have to ride out and try to leave the thing in front of it. And now we know the entire plot and all of the twists that are going to happen. <laughs> but that's okay. Right after this moment, I, I wrote down a prediction in my notes of what I thought was going to happen in this movie. And it almost did, but it didn't quite. She goes to sign the papers, but then they get like the, the, there's a weather report that says there's an F2 tornado coming up, however far away, and then she just runs off and doesn't sign the papers, so Bill and Melissa have to follow her. In order to get the paper signed, but my prediction at this point in the movie was that uh, Jimmy Gertz was going to die getting sucked into a tornado at some point, probably in, near the end of the second act, like an hour and 10, 15 minutes in, and that um, uh -huh. Bill and Joe were going to end up together at the end, 
because despite the fact that they're terrible adults and they're bad for each other, they had a, apparently an extremely toxic relationship, they're gonna end up together again because that's the thing that's going to happen in this movie because the uh, writers didn't give a shit. See, I thought the divorce papers themselves were probably going to get blown away by the wind and taken up and torn up by a tornado. Which was going to say, You two belong together! Who was doing that? <laughs> In Michael Clark Duncan's voice. Yeah, yeah, preferably. <laughs> And not even a menacing voice, just sort of a gentle, yes. <laughs> wise advice yeah, voice. Exactly. <laughs> His John Coffey Like, life voice. is too short. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, I, I love my movies that all exist in my head. <laughs> so they're, they're going to go try to leave the thing in front of it. And I, I like the wife, because she's down as hell all of a sudden. Because uh -huh. they all have fall. She's like, yeah, this is cool. Yeah. She's alright. Yeah. She's... They... They managed to avoid the trap of her just being like this horrible... Big city, whatever. Mm -hmm. Which seems like the the path of least resistance. So I'll give credit to them for that. Like, yeah, absolutely. There aren't really any bad guys in this. Even uh, even Wesley is like. A shittier version of also trying to save a bunch of lives, you know. <laughs> well, like, I mean, it's it's arguable whether or not he's shittier. Like, yes, he has corporate overlords and everything, but also he has corporate money backing him, so he's he actually. I would imagine that his his Dorothy ripoff device is probably gonna work better than the ragtag group's Dorothy device. I'm I don't know for sure, but yeah. Well, also, we, we can tell as soon as Bill Paxton says the line, he's in it for the money, not the science, <laughs> that Bill Paxton's character has no idea how funding works yeah. and is never going to accomplish much. <laughs> so... <laughs> I can I can picture the scene before the movie 
where Wesley gets fed up with these crazy egomaniacs. Like, no, I'm gonna go do the fucking job. Yeah. <laughs> like, well, okay, but then, but I mean, it's almost like Bill Paxton's sort of a hypocrite, because he's, he's apparently getting a new job as a TV weatherman. So, like, he's gonna be working for the fucking corporate overlords, too. He's such a fucking hypocrite in this whole situation. Yeah, and Wesley puts himself in danger, like he's... He's got funding so he can actually succeed at some point, maybe, but yeah. like... Yeah. Nah, he's... He, uh, that's just what I'm saying, like, he's... The reason he's a bad guy is because he's shitty to Bill Paxton specifically. Right. Which, after seeing him for a couple scenes, I also would be. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> he's like a rageaholic, and he's very weird. I mean, if if he had just if they just like put their put their beef aside and work together, this movie would have been over in 20 minutes. Yeah, but the effective way to work together would have been Bill Paxton and Helen Hunter everyone working for Wesley, so they would never have done it. Yeah. Other than other than one bad call, he's the one who's like actually doing the job, it seems like. Yeah. But they they roll in and you can tell they're the bad guys because they have a bunch of black vans in <laughs> <and> convoy. <laughs> Like, fucking Darth Vader or something <laughs> for no reason. <laughs> um, but it looks like a presidential convoy. Yeah. Uh, of, you know, security. Es- I thought it was SUVs. It's actually minivans, so I'm already oh, on this side. Okay. Minivans are dope. Yeah. Um, like there's one SUV in the front, and then there's a bunch of comfy-looking minivans with computer guys in them. Mm-hmm. So we have the ragtag group of misfits, and the guys who were actually getting funding and, and getting it done. And this is when I realized, like, oh shit, that's Wesley from Princess Bride. <laughs> so I'm on his side. Sorry, losers. <laughs> <laughs> One of them runs Bill Paxton off the road. I was just, ha ha ha, Bill Paxton got run off the road. <laughs> Suck it, losers. <laughs> A hundred percent on the bad guy's side for this whole movie. <laughs>
But then for some reason they don't even find a tornado and they all stop in the same like 15 person town with the mechanics and like a soda fountain. Because, mm-hmm. I mean, it's it's the whole of the, like, Kansas or Nebraska or wherever they are. Like, there's no reason to stop at the same gas station. Mm-hmm. But they all do. Yes, mm-hmm. his own Dorothy that's way better, or at least looks better. Bill Paxton tries to assault him. Wait a second, is that the boss from Fight Club? It is. What's he doing here? I guess he got fired. <laughs> and he's also pretty cool. He always tries to stop and help and stuff, and then for his his trouble they impale him with a radio antenna (laughs) it's fucked (laughs) and this is when I start to really wonder about their plan cause they have to leave this barrel of shit in front of the tornado and hope that it picks it up right yeah And, like, this is 1996. I know it's before, like, drones. Like, you couldn't... Because now you just fly a bunch of stuff into it. Yeah. Like, that's... Obviously, thing. I know it's 1996. You don't have, like, drone technology yet. You might have reliable radio control... You know, uh, put a put an RC car under the the barrel like that might not be great, but they did definitely have remote control vehicles at the time, and I'm certain they had catapults before <laughs> 1996, and like. I'm not an engineer. I can't build, like, a trebuchet. I can build a goddamn one-pointer articulation catapult myself. I did that in Boy Scouts. (laughs) Like, you don't need to... (laughs) You can throw probes at the thing and hit it. (laughs) <laughs> like, you got some range on those. Yeah. If it was my... C- I'm just saying, if it was my convoy, you'd have one flatbed truck with the wooden and rope-ass catapult on it, and it would still work faster than what these guys are doing. <laughs> <sighs> uh. I assume that they never took any sort of medieval history courses. They were too busy taking science courses or something to care about that sort of stuff to learn about medieval weaponry. Well, it can... 
a, a humorously large slingshot would do it. <laughs> like... <laughs> You get two cars and stretch rubber between them and just like angry birds it. I don't know. But yeah. I think. I think the thing that they. I'm, I'm not trying to advocate for them because your plan is obviously much better. But. I, the only reason I could think that they would say that, oh, we have to put this device directly in the path of a tornado is because if they used a catapult or a a slingshot or something maybe the thing might the like the the lid might fall open i know that the lids don't work properly in half this movie but maybe the lids would open too early and the sensors would just sort of scatter before they get to the tornado. I, I don't know. Obviously, a catapult with like a, a radio controlled or just, you know, some sort of wireless way to open the, the, the barrel would have been a much more logical device, but I or better yet, no barrel, just a bunch of really beefy like baseball guys. Then you just you have a lot of thirty of them throwing those probes. <laughs> No barrel needed. You just just get a bunch of them really quickly. Each throw like ten probes and then run away. <laughs> like like shirtless for reasons. Sure. Yeah, that's fine. That's that's my movie. Okay. It's it's half Field of Dreams, half Twister. <laughs> it's just a minor league baseball team that wants to make it big, and a bunch of pitchers <laughs> and tornado pros. <laughs> um, now I'm trying to think if there were actually. If there were tornadoes in Field of Dreams, because that took place in one of those other Midwestern states. Yeah, like, you know you got baseball players around. Yeah. 
you could and they run fast too. You don't need cars. You just have them running to get in front of tornado with bats over their shoulders for no reason. Oh, I mean, oh, 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 oh. I mean, if this movie, if this movie proves anything, if Bill Paxton can run away from a tornado, anyone can run away from a tornado. True. See, I just... If I was writing this movie, which, tragically, I'm not, would have been less one team tackling five different tornadoes, so by the end of it, you're tired of tornadoes, and... And in, in my version, it would be just a bunch of different themed teams all trying to get probes into one tornado and then be like an elimination match, like a dodgeball, you know? So you'd have, like, the baseball guys and the catapult guys and the, the slingshot rascals and, like... Yeah. Like, go like okay. that. But I like that. Yeah. I didn't make half a billion dollars on movie about tornadoes, so fair enough. Yeah. Unfortunate. Someday, in a different life, <laughs> I'm. My 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 time to rip off movie store exists is probably gone. And I wouldn't have had the idea if it had seen the movie in the first place, so that's fine. After being unable to successfully assault Wesley the Dread Pirate Roberts, who would have got his ass kicked, so it's a good thing he didn't. Bill Paxton goes outside of the diner to taste a turd and smell the dirt and do his tornado shaman thing <laughs> that we don't ever really explain, but he just does that while his wives talk inside. Yeah, the... There's like a throwaway line, I think, where, I forget, I think it was probably Helen Hunt who says something like, he just knows tornadoes, that's, that's it. He is the cyclone whisperer. <laughs> that's his thing he do. See, now, my brain, when you said that, went to Cycling Whisperer, and I was picturing Bill Paxton whispering to a bicycle. 
See, that would also be one of the teams in my movie, would be the ones who just follow around on a bicycle <laughs> and have a zero emissions approach. But to uh, storm chasing. The important question is, though, is at least one of them riding a penny farthing, the one with the giant wheel on the front? I mean, I figure that's going to be like the mobile sort of command one, right? With like all the instruments on it. Yeah. Because you would have the, the giant penny farthing with sidecars where guys just have their laptops. Yeah. And that's the one that doesn't go off-road. Okay. But when the cyclists have to go through cornfields and stuff, it'd be intense. It wouldn't... They would die. <laughs> um, very quickly. <laughs> but, <laughs> but that would just be one of the teams that didn't make it, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah, so Wesley follows them because... Bill Paxton's better at determining where storms will go mm-hmm. because he was raised by storms. Yeah. And we learned that the new wife is a therapy doctor because she starts having to take phone calls about like a guy who feels bad about his penis <laughs> in the car. <laughs> Which is kind of funny, but also really weird. I don't think that's a job. There was... They said some specific phrase. She's like a... Reproductive... Reproductive therapist? Something? I guess. So, like, all of her clients, I assume, are just people who are, are... Men who are um, embarrassed about their inadequate penises or something, I guess. Well, she's definitely talking someone through labor later on, right? Was it labor? I just... Like... Oh, okay. I... I, for some reason... I thought it was... I, for some reason, just thought she was trying to coach a couple through sex, but I also was not listening very closely at this point. No, and you could be right, I could be wrong. It was kind of hard to pick up on. It seems like cell phones aren't that common yet, so I'm surprised this is a job, but also... I've been surprised by many things. I mean, she's a therapist. Fine. Maybe she's a therapist anyway, so she probably is. I mean, she's a doctor and a therapist, so she's probably pretty goddamn loaded. And fair. And he's gonna be like a weatherman, TV meteorologist, so. They're... They are not... He does have a really nice 
truck for the time. Yeah. Seems like. Yeah, I mean, the the truck must be pretty... Um, all these vehicles must have the greatest shock absorbers out of all cars because they're driving in what appears to be some really bad roads and they are suffering none of it as when they're talking in their dialogue. It's impressive. Yeah, well, I mean, at least it seems like the, uh, the Ferris Bueller's guy's truck and the, uh, and Philip Seymour Hoffman's truck are staying on the highways, at least, and they all kind of jump here. But yeah, I mean, I think it's one of those things where they say that Wesley's the money guy, but then... Like, they have nicer equipment. It's just not black, I think. Uh, I could be wrong. I think his equipment might be better, but I, it's hard to tell because it's still 1996 computer technology. It's still... A million times, it's it's like a a millionth of what pro- computers can do nowadays. So true. Well, also, I mean, they have an entire guy to read maps, and like that job's gone. We don't have navigators yeah. anymore. Uh, <laughs> I'm pretty sure, I'm pretty sure that all of the equipment, if this, if this movie was made, made nowadays, that all of this equipment would just be on a smartphone. Yeah, I mean, it still needs dishes and stuff, I guess, but definitely all of the, uh, all of the computing is on a smartphone. Yeah. I don't know. I know nothing about Doppler radar or how it works. I assume you need pretty big, like, something that can project a laser for that to work, right? Probably, yeah. Just gotta spin around and see if there's water coming out of the sky. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Yeah. We start to realize why Bill Paxton is not much of a catch at all because he immediately starts <laughs> picking fights with Helen Hunt for no reason and then yeah. he drives off the road and you know who doesn't drive off the road? Wesley. <laughs> <laughs> Just saying. <laughs> and then it makes me wonder that scene earlier where he was supposedly driven off the road by one of Wesley's crew. 
Was he actually, or did he get mad about something he remembered from his childhood and just fucking fear off the road? I don't know. But... <laughs> the guy's a lunatic. <laughs> then finally, yeah. we see a tornado. And it does look pretty good. I'll give it that. Helen Hunt has to taunt him into going off-road because he's a child. (laughs) And then, for some reason, he starts slaloming off the walls of a ditch instead of just driving down the middle. Like, he's, he's up on the right, he's up on the left, he's up on the right. And the ditch is wider than his truck, but he just wants to be, like, diagonal all the time. (laughs) And then very predictably crashes into a bridge because he doesn't know how to stop his car. Because he didn't learn that more than half of driving. (laughs) <laughs> he only learned the go part. He never learned to stop. Yeah, like, this is supposed to be a very tense scene, but the reason it's tense is because this dangerous lunatic is driving, not because the storms <laughs> are getting unpredictable. <laughs> For some reason, they don't open up the robot, even though they're in the direct path of the tornado. It has, like, combination locks to open it for some reason, even though that's its only job is to be a barrel that holds things and lets them go. (laughs) So, they can't open it. Fortunately, holding on to the small wooden bridge saves them, even though the truck gets lifted up, but the boards don't. Well, the the boards are boards are are hammered very slightly into the ground, so they are uh, more stable than the car because the car is not attached to the ground you see that's true that's true they're also both the car and them are in a ditch which is a wind tunnel and this is Worse than lying flat on the ground outside, I think. (laughs) I'm not a physicist, but that's pretty basic. I'm very confident about that one. (laughs) Oh, we skipped something very important, I think. Or by Patton afterwards, I forget. I forget where it is. It's somewhere in this area. 
the flying cow? Or is this later? Oh, that's later. Okay. I couldn't remember because I thought it was in my notes, but I'm... I don't know. No, don't worry. I have that one written down. It's... Okay. My other favorite character. Okay, cool. My main favorite character is the barrel. My second favorite character is the ridiculous looking cartoon cow that might be a horse. <laughs> it, can, can I just mention this real quick now? Because this, this is the other bit of weird trivia. I read about this. Sure. The the flying cow model was apparently based off of uh, a zebra model that was used in the film Jumanji. Oh, that explains it. I thought it looked weirdly thin and like galloped like cows don't. Yeah. Okay. Okay, cool. So it wasn't just that they didn't know what a cow looked like, it was that they literally painted a zebra. Yep. Exactly. Awesome. I guess. <laughs> <laughs> What the I, hell? I mean... <laughs> I mean... It's it's not just that they painted a zebra. It's that they painted a zebra from... From Jumanji, a movie famous for its really terrible CGI. That was a good movie, though. I'll give it that. Yeah. We did that one, but, didn't we? Yeah, we did. That's that's why I wanted to make the connection. Nice. Yeah. No, I, uh... I, I think I prefer Jumanji. Well, I don't know, actually. I know it's a better movie. <laughs> I do... For some reason, love this movie now. I completely forgot that I did, though. <laughs> uh, and th- this is the first moment where the entire movie could have been resolved if they just not had so many steps to open the top of the barrel. Because Tornado goes right over them. It lifts the barrel up. It lifts the whole truck the barrel's in up. And, you know, if, if, if they just opened the damn thing before it ate the truck, movie's over. Why didn't they yeah. just give the ring to the Eagles? But... <laughs> <laughs> But they didn't, and the truck almost lands on a new wife's car. That's kind of funny. 
because then Helen Hunt's like, oh, there it is. Because <laughs> she was wondering where <laughs> And that's a pretty good line. Yeah. And Philip Seymour Hoffman's guy is awesome because he's very excited they all skated by a tornado. <laughs> and then because it's kind of a breathless movie and they do the same thing multiple times, they're now immediately chasing another tornado this time in his new truck and not Helen Hunt's old truck. Yeah. And this is, I think, the, for me, the major flaw in this movie. It's not the pacing itself, it's just that instead of developing one out, they do the same thing a bunch of times until it doesn't feel dangerous anymore. You know? Yeah. Yeah. Just like, uh, we survived yeah. one, let's go after another, and then they're gonna survive that, and one after that, and one after that. So it's kind of... Mm-hmm. If they had had... If they had cut the number of tornadoes in, in half... Then it could have been a bit more interesting. And just, you know, like you said, sort of drawn it out a bit more, had more just build up to the 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 attempt at using the Dorothy then it probably would have been a bit more interesting and potentially had a bit more attention to it. But yeah, just it it's strange. I don't I don't entirely know why they decided on doing this the exact same thing four times. It just, it, it doesn't make sense to me, quite honestly, but, um, yeah, it, it, it lowers the tension every single time it happens to the point where the last one is like, okay, well, they're on the fourth Dorothy, it's the biggest, the biggest tornado, of course it's going to work. Who cares at this point? Yeah, and it's a mile wide or whatever, you're not gonna miss it. This will be easier, yeah. not scarier. Yeah. But the, and then like the parts that I like most in the movie is what they're doing now, which is like... The movie has a lot of driving through fields and dramatic music. Mm-hmm. But that's also where it feels realist, because they, they have a lot of 
in the cab of the truck or the various vehicles shots and you sort of it, it starts to feel a little bit like a documentary, like you're along with the storm chasers yeah. thing. And that's yeah. where it's strongest, I think. Yeah. Because, like, it's, it's corny and, you know, they're getting a lot of mileage out of showing a convoy of cars drive by and playing inappropriately exciting music, but I'm into it more. Because that's what most of the job would actually... Well, most of the job is probably waiting around at strategically spaced intervals and listening to the radio, but, but, you know, that's the, yeah. the realist part, and I like it, and you can let that breathe and not just have to have a, a new tornado again and again if they wanted to. Exactly. Yeah, well. This time... The ragtag guys are going faster than the professional guys for some reason, because before the professional guys could pass them, this time the ragtag guys pass the professional guys. I don't know what makes some go faster than others, but one's always... They're never going the same speed. <laughs> I think there's, um, there's some point where they talk about how Carrie always is, he always, like, despite the fact that he ripped off their design for the Dorothy and he has corporate funding he I guess doesn't trust his instincts when it comes to chasing tornadoes so he would always just follow Bill's lead so he might, I don't remember because I, I watched this movie in several chunks rather than all at once. And I think this, the, the, it's the implication that because he doesn't really, he doesn't really think for himself when it comes to chasing storms that maybe he was just kind of waiting to see what Bill did before he made his decision on what to do. But that's just my assumption because that's what he kept doing until... You know, until the part where he didn't do it, and then his the consequences bit him in the ass immediately. 
Well, that's how they play it, but then, like, because of the unnecessary setup of this movie, Bill hasn't been here. So, like, what have they been doing for the last however long he's been meeting this new woman and becoming a weatherman, you know? Yeah, no, that's fair. Cause I'm, like, I'm just, I'm just talking about in the in the context of the the one day where this movie takes place. Yeah. It just seems like that's what he. That's just kind of what he does. Well, I know that like they. To me, the wife character for to be an outsider who asks the questions so that they can explain everything to them. Um, yeah. I feel like she should have been the main character and all of this should have already been going on. And maybe she's not the new wife. Maybe she's a reporter or something. Would have would have flown better because it seems because like, the minute Bill Paxton gets there, it's like he's been there for years before anyway. Yeah. It doesn't yeah. make any sense that Wesley wouldn't have a plan but follow this guy who hasn't even been here, you know? Yeah. To me. But then, this... I do like the stormy skies, I like the driving scenes, and I like the the shots they do of the skybox or however they replace those with mm -hmm. not sunlight. This particular tornado is less impressive looking. I think this is the one that's underwater. Uh, yeah, and this is when the like, cow flies yeah. by. Yes. Okay. I I think that was probably why I couldn't remember when it was, because these two were so close together, back to back. I mean, they're different because one of them was a, was a tornado, one of them became like a sort of water spout kind of thing, but... They were so close together sequentially in the movie that I could not I like they they melded together in my brain. Yeah. No, it's fair. The only difference is uh this one has all three of them in the car, the first one had two of them in the car, and then getting out in a ditch and getting hepatitis. Right. And also, Helen Hunt keeps saying, like, This is bad, get us out of here! And Paxton keeps saying, 
I'm trying and keeps driving towards the tornadoes. <laughs> like, like he can't turn. I get back through between two lakes for some reason. But he yeah. never, he doesn't know how to stop or go into reverse still. Like, the same reason he hit that bridge earlier, he doesn't know that you can break and stop going forward. <laughs> so he keeps chasing the tornado, saying he's trying to get away from the tornado. And eventually, of course he catches up with them, because he's been driving right towards them this whole time. And it spins the truck around and disappears. <laughs> and now his new wife is all traumatized because she assumed he was lying all this time about chasing tornadoes. But also because she got spun around and she's probably nauseous or something. Yeah. This one is pretty anticlimactic, even though it had a funny cow thing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I, this, see, this was the point where I was thinking, and my notes are done, oh, maybe, maybe... Jamie Earth is just gonna leave now because it, it seemed like she was like quite traumatized from this experience and I thought well maybe she's just done with it but she sticks around for a lot longer than I would have thought yeah she sticks around longer than I would I'm like, okay, you guys are clearly insane. I'm gonna be in an underground hotel. <laughs> but. <laughs> and so. Yeah, this. This one, I think they could have cut entirely. Because this is less impressive than the first one. And also, the, the tornado hits him directly and just sort of moves the car around so it seems less dangerous, you know? Yeah. And this one, they don't even lose Dorothy because they never actually try to take it out, right? It just... They get close, never bring it out, and then off it goes. Yeah, I think... Yeah, sorry. Yes. <laughs> but then... My favorite part of the movie... The whole team demands to visit Helen Hunt's aunt's house for food. <laughs> well, they're close to... To where she lives, close to the tower she lives. So they have to go visit Aunt Meg, cause uh, she she 
gives them steak and stuff. And just, I guess if you just always have 15 steaks on hand, they're saving Aunt Meg, because if she's going to eat them all by herself, otherwise she'll die very quickly. But... <laughs> What a weird thing to expect someone to have. Um, I called her Aunt Steak and Eggs for the whole time because they say specifically you <laughs> want steak and eggs from your aunt. <laughs> it's very strange. Yeah. Well, I mean, she does. I mean, she says at some point, like, oh yeah, I slaughter my own cows, so yeah, of course she has a shit ton of meat all the time. I thought she was kidding, though. I, I don't know. I, I oh. wouldn't put it past her if she did actually slaughter her own cows. Uh, she seems like the kind of person who would. Not that that's bad thing. So, here's what I'll say about these steak and eggs. These look good as hell. <laughs> I'm not sure I've seen a movie before where, like, just mass-produced steak and eggs looked this good. I want some. I almost went to Denny's in the middle of the night. I was gonna <laughs> call you and ask if you wanted to go to Denny's in the middle of the night, but then I realized you sleep at night, which is healthy. It's not an insult. <laughs> but... <laughs> I was yeah. watching the movie at like 11.30 and like, I think they're still open. <laughs> Sam wants to meet me at fucking Denny's and get some steak in That offer's still open, by the way. If you're not doing anything tonight and want to get out, we can go do that. <laughs> Because <laughs> I have yet to scratch this itch. Uh, I think at this point that the writers might have been realizing that the new wife was too likable. So now she has to look grossed out by free dinner. Which makes no sense. <laughs> Although she might just be grossed out by Dusty dumping gravy all over it. And Dusty is pretty gross, in fairness, so... <laughs> yeah, he is. But also, I mean... You, you, do, you do also have to remember that... Gravy that's made by someone from the Midwest is usually the best part of the meal anyway. Yeah. Although, nothing in this meal looks like I wouldn't fuck it up. This is a great looking meal. 
<laughs> but also, I would, be, I would be as pissed about always being left with Dusty as it would be about the tornado stuff. Like, you keep putting me in the car with your sneakiest, or with your stinkiest, uh... <laughs> Most sexually harassing team member <laughs> who always whispers into my ear. Zone. And he gets way too close when he talks. <laughs> like, I mean, it's, it's Philip Seymour Hoffman being a rock star and making a character memorable. <laughs> No judgment on him, but yeah, that guy's... Don't leave me in a car with that guy. (laughs) Yeah. So they tell a story about how apparently Bill Paxton's extreme because once he drove super drunk and naked and walked up to Twister and threw a booze bottle into it and they're like that's a good meteorologist and we start to realize why Wesley left and why Wesley's team is better So she's the POV character. And she asks, mm-hmm. like, what's the number that comes after four? And everyone gets all quiet, like it's fucking Voldemort, and you're not supposed to talk about it. It's <laughs> <laughs> like, is five after four? Like, shh, shut the fuck Fuck up. No, we don't talk about five. (laughs) We don't count past four in this house. It's, uh... (laughs) Then we find out the F5 is the one that killed Helen Hunt's dad. And she does want revenge. I thought I was kidding. (laughs) This is so dumb. (laughs) I mean, there's a line later on where Bill Paxton basically calls her out for having a death wish. Like, he's, I think he says something like, you know. Killing yourself with a tornado, you know, with this tornado isn't going to bring back your dad or whatever, but... It might. (laughs) They don't know. Tornadoes are a very mysterious phenomenon, they keep saying. Maybe they'll bring it back. 
Just gotta make the right I mean, sacrifice of yourself. And considering, and considering that he does honestly sound like each tornado is just a, a cavalcade of eldritch horrors being summoned, maybe a human sacrifice would work and bring back her dad. You just don't know. And then I guess each cavalry tornado is the same ca- same tornado that just sort of leaves and comes back. It sounds like like it remembers shit. Yeah, he could be. Oh no, it's funny. They should have gotten more into it. Like I'll watch an entire movie about. A weird theory that tornadoes are alive. Mm-hmm. Just, just say it so I can get on board, you know? Yeah. Like, I watch Star Trek, I'll give a fuck. I'm in. But, <laughs> but then, turns out, and this is one of those, those twists. Like that you don't see coming that really make a movie sort of stand out. Another tornado is happening. They have to leave. I didn't see that coming. Mm-hmm. There's a third tornado. And well, they also they also they also see Wesley on TV, and they get mad at him. Because he's talking about science and things. Yeah, that asshole's raising public awareness about our project getting more funding. He should be doing a home invasion and demanding food from a woman who didn't know they were coming. (laughs) <laughs> that dick. <laughs> I hate these guys and I'm on Team Wesley. <laughs> Even still. <laughs> In another fun twist, uh, they're going to drive next to fields um to music again but this time Uh these idiots drive straight through a cornfield and blast on the highway and almost (laughs) kill everybody (laughs) oh cause cause if they drive on the highway it will take them mere seconds longer to get to reach their location than if they drive through this cornfield, destroy a bunch of crops, and almost kill a bunch of people on the highway when they emerge. And probably ran over some kids, because, like... 
These are privately owned cornfields by farmers who live there. I, I mean, I don't know if that was still true by 1996. Now I think it's all owned by three I companies and robots. Yeah. But... Yeah. But they keep showing farmers, so... In this fiction, at least, they live there and... Farms are tilled by farmers instead of, you know, billionaire investors and and unpaid migrant workers that then try to act role when they're running for office. Um, <laughs> but you know. You can't just drive through fields when you can't see. It's, uh, what you call it. Yeah. Reckless driving. And negligent <laughs> homicide. <laughs> it's, yeah. uh, the storm looks real cool. It's like half a mile wide and Chekhov's F5 is probably about to happen. But it hasn't yet. This one's just like an F4 or something, because the F5's got to get saved for the end of the movie. Mm-hmm. Somehow they're having trouble undoing the top of the barrel balls again. Uh, they park, and they're trying to open the tailgate, but can't, because tailgates are complicated now. And then suddenly he starts saying they have to go again, because he doesn't seem to get that they're trying to do this thing <laughs> that they've been trying to do the whole time. The trailer looks cool. It pulls up power lines. One falls, breaks a stupid barrel. <laughs> and <laughs> suddenly tornado dissolves. But the cloud is growling at them because it's back building, which is apparently an actual thing. <laughs> But I don't think it actually growls at people. I assume that's made up. Mm, I guess so. I mean, it might. I've. So I did. Because this movie did stick with me in a pretty good way. I did a little bit of research, and everyone who's, like, been in that situation where they're hiding under tornado goes overhead, describes as just being, like, a really loud roar, like a jet turbine. Not a roar like, like an animal roaring. A roar is a very broad term, so... <laughs> yeah. They seem to have heard that and 
run with it in yeah. an interesting direction, but that's not. <laughs> this team is really unironically bad at this. Like, this is the second time they've been in a perfect position, just couldn't open the top of their own barrel. I'm quite frankly surprised that half the team isn't dead at this point. I mean, I know that... I know that most of them drive a mile or two behind the lead the lead truck or whatever but it just it surprises me that you know one of the trucks didn't just somehow get caught up in something or drove into a lake or Something along those lines just killed three or four of them. It's yeah, impressive. It, it would make sense if some had before and you had like a little memorial wall in their base or something. Yeah. That would also add some, some stakes to it, which we don't really have. Yeah. Um, yeah. And then you can, you know, you get some some extras who only pose for a headshot. That you don't have to pay them much. Like that would be, mm-hmm. be, yeah, could. Uh, but I, but I was thinking like this. It's just the second time. They've been exactly where they supposedly wanted to get to. And the plan falls apart because they don't know how to open this barrel. Like, that's... That's been the problem. Well, I guess in this case it gets hit by, like, a branch or something and falls over. But, like... They're just bad at this. Like, they're good at getting there, and then really bad at leaving the thing on the ground. Yeah, I, I just... I just don't know. Yeah, it's not... I mean... I was kidding at first when I said I would bear this and them. I think I would, actually, at this point. Like, even without a catapult, I know how to open barrels. Um, I don't know if I'd be able to get in front of one, but put me in the car with them, I'll be the barrel opening guy, and this movie doesn't take nearly this long. (laughs) 
I use advanced tools like a crowbar if necessary, <laughs> but I'll get that shit open. <laughs> I can also open tailgates. I can open doors. Uh, give me one of those like big old pry bars. I'll open damn near anything. Like I can take a tornado with a pry bar. Open that shit up. Yeah. Go for it. Uh, I think. Yeah, it, it really, it really seems dumb that they don't have, like, a designated, not, not even necessarily, like, a strongman, but just, like, a, a designated, uh, open shit guy. I or just even just it. have a rope tied to it so you can open it from the cab. <laughs> <laughs> like, like, you had rope technology. <laughs> yeah, I think, you know what, you know, probably the, the issue with this group is that even though they're a ragtag group uh, of storm chasers, and probably scientists, they're still kind of scientists and they feel like they have to be technologically advanced in some sense. So they have to make everything seem more advanced than it needs to be. So they don't want to use things like rope or yeah, uh, or like an, like a, a thing that will or like a crowbar to easily open uh, a a barrel. You know, they or, have to have get things a, get a wooden barrel, high tech and shit. Yeah, like. Like, recruited Cooper, the one, the most vital member of the team is the Cooper who makes buckets and barrels for them <laughs> out of iron rings and two by fours. Yeah. And he has a hammer, uh, so he can always open the barrel if he needs to. See, that's the problem with STEM, is that they don't think about <laughs> the... <laughs> they don't think about the labor market. They don't think about having the blue-collar labor help them out with For your scientific shit. Forgot about the lost art of cooping and planning lumber. <laughs> what if... <laughs> uh, 
God, I, I should make a bug at some point. Just to prove to myself that I can. <laughs> um, so she gets out and tries to gather up all the sensors they spilled. They get into a big fight in the rain. And Helen Hunt reveals that yes, she does actually want revenge. Because she thinks it <laughs> came for her when she was a kid. And he's yelling at her that she's gotta let it go because she's crazy and it's weather. Mm -hmm. And that he's there for her. And the new wife hears the whole thing because the best radio in the history of time is (laughs) eavesdropping on this shouted conversation outside in the storm and she hears <laughs> Meanwhile, yeah. back in the computer room that no one ever actually goes to, two big ones are coming <laughs> together making like a Pepsi logo. And Meanwhile, back out in the real world, at the drive-ins, the shining is happening. It's it's the uh-huh. twins scene right after they were saying if those two come together line from the weather guy. Yeah. Yeah. I real I really miss drive-ins. Those were fun. Yeah. Um, there's one up in Anacortes called the Blue Fox. I wonder if it's still there. It was in the woods. It, it was like good spooky atmosphere. I could get yeah. a soda that was like a gallon and a half for your <laughs> store. <laughs> See, the, the few times I went to drive-ins, I would always get food beforehand. Smart. So we'd have to, like, have a pizza when you're watching a movie or, you know, uh, burgers or whatever. And uh, that was always fun, but... Yeah, those are, those were, it was still fun times, though, because, you know, you know, uh, hanging out with friends, but not having to sit next to weird strangers who might enter your, 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 your personal space, all that sort of thing, but... I I don't know. I haven't. Yeah, I haven't like, been. Yeah, I haven't been to a theater in a very long time. So yeah, yeah. I like the, I mean, the comfort of a car seat. And post pandemic, like drive-ins are still safe. It's even safer. 
seems like that would yeah. be the spot to go to. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, the only problem is there's one around here, but it's a big parking lot, like, mm-hmm. uh, with one entry in and out, it's always really crowded, but, like, in more rural places, I, I, I love driving. It's where it's a big field or a clearing in the woods or something. It's just like, uh, smells nice. It's rare to get a nice yeah. small movie theater. Yeah. That's you how. Do you have to deal with the sticky floors and all that? Yeah, that's how we in the bayou observe most of our movies, is uh, the drive-in theater yeah. that we spy on from from the swamp. Yeah, you can't Good hear stuff. them, which is unfortunate, but, you know. Oh, right, they got a radio thing. Well, they, they have those little speakers set up sometimes. That's true. But not every time. So. The, the one around here doesn't because they have like five screens and they don't want anyone listening in from the, from the, you know, outside of the place. So it's all car radio yeah. stuff. But like, some of the some of the wider open ones or the more remote ones have just speakers every forty or fifty feet or something. I think Blue Fox did. Okay. It's where I saw Earth to Echo, which is a weird movie. Never heard of that one. It's, uh, it's E.T. with the little CGI robot thing instead. Oh, okay. It's alright. It's not good, but it's alright. Hmm. Anyway, everyone stopped at this awesome town... Seems to be just a hotel, a gas station, and drive-in theater. Which is all you need in the city. I want to buy a bunch of land somewhere in the flyovers and found a town just like this. (laughs) I can run the theater, you can run the hotel... We'll get, I don't know, would Joe want to run a, a gas station? Probably not. The gas stations one yeah. probably won't want, huh? Yeah. But still, this place is rad. <laughs> Finally, Hell Hunt is... Willing to sign the divorce papers, but Bill Paxton seems to have completely forgotten that's why he's there. 
because he's mm. he's in storm mode right now. And new yeah. wife is deciding she's gonna leave anyway because he clearly still loves old wife and is gonna die within like two months. So she doesn't <laughs> want to be on board with this. <laughs> yeah, so this, this was where my prediction fell apart because... I thought she was going to die in a tornado or in a storm and it turns out she just, they just amicably split and that's just the last we see of her. Yeah, and she's just cool the whole time, like, yeah. It, it's amicable, realistic, like, don't even dislike you, not mad, didn't cheat, but your heart's cleared out of it, and you're not there emotionally, and this is gonna work, cause you like this life better than the one that we had planned, and that's fine, and it is fine, good on her. Mm-hmm. But, because they're having a moment of peace and they let their guard down, Tornado sees they let their guard down. And starts <laughs> sneaking up on them from the woods. <laughs> and no, I'm not kidding. <laughs> That's... My notes go, TV goes all static and spooky music starts. The tornado's gonna sneak up on them from the woods. Then 30 seconds later, <laughs> holy shit, the tornado's actually sneaking up on them from the woods. <laughs> and uh. yes... Yes, it is. That's what they do in this movie. <laughs> so, I it's mean, like you were accurate from the tree line. You were, you were legitimately accurate when you said earlier that. Uh, the actor from Friday the 13th plays the tornado because it's the same fucking thing as what happens so... in the first Friday the 13th movie. It's so goddamn dumb, but it's also so cool <laughs> because. <laughs> Like, the tornado comes out, they only see it in the flashes of lightning, and it looks rad, and I'm mad by how cool this is. Like, <laughs> and then they're, they're, like, the movie theater screen blows away, and the movie's projected on the tornado for a second, and that's rad. <laughs> like, <laughs> it's a cool scene. It's 
so stupid. <laughs> I don't know how to feel. I don't know who I am anymore. <laughs> <laughs> So they have one like it's heading right for us. No, it's already here. They can only see lightning strikes. Helen Hunt walks towards it, staring for some reason. Because now the tornado also wants revenge. But, for some reason, Helen Hunt, with all of her meteorology training, is the only one who know how to convince this one kid to get out of his truck and come hide. Like, that's a thing she has to do. <laughs> they all hide in the, I guess, the, the service station attached to the gas station. And they all stare right into the breaking glass, but no one gets blinded or killed for some reason. <laughs> Tornado tears the roof off. A gas hose is whipping around. And I think I could be wrong. But I feel like there were a lot more deaths in this movie. They edited it out later to say PG-13. Because a hubcap is like flying off the wall and hits this guy. And it's a perfect decapitation, except... He just gets cut on the forehead and they're like worried about him. And I feel like that must have been after the fact decision, right? It's like it must have been. Cause why would you have hubcaps flying on like perfect discs and hitting the guy who just had a minorly heroic moment fixing the gas hose thing? Like now. That was supposed to be a death, I think. Yeah. Yeah. I I mean okay, I don't just leaves. I don't off the top of my head know like the the MPAA ratings for speed and whatever other movies he did, but it wouldn't surprise me if they had to cut a bunch of this stuff, like you said, for ratings reasons. I think if you're gonna have a tornado that wants revenge on you specifically, you should have at least two or three horror movie deaths in there. <laughs> Yeah, but but then instead the tornado just leaves, and why did it just leave? Because oh my god, it's going after Aunt Steak and Eggs. 
<laughs> and for some I reason... I laugh at that, but yeah. <laughs> no, it's so dumb, you should. It's got the whole freaking state to go to, but it manages to hit every character we've met. For some reason, they're the only ones who know how to outrun the tornado and get to Aunt Steak and Eggs soon enough. Even though it's just roads and anyone ought to be able to get there. This is yeah. my new wife, so I, can, I can't compete with tornadoes, they're too sexy. Uh, so she leaves. <laughs> I did like her line though, where she says, and I'm not even that upset about it, what does that say? Like that? Yeah. yeah. Self-awareness, that's good. Yeah. And then they, they get to the town, but they're too late. And Tornado has already torn up on Steak and Egg's entire town. Helen Hunt sees herself when she was a kid out on the street, I think. Or just someone who looks a lot like her. Beyond's mm-hmm. house, though, is still there. And Paxton's like, be careful, the house could go any second. Like it's not wood and already crushed up. Um, yeah. yeah. <laughs> like it's not going to suddenly shatter and explode or anything. But they go in there, they find a note from the tornado. And it's taken on steak and eggs and wants Helen Hunt to come alone. (laughs) 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 They do not. She's just fine. She's under her bed frame or something. Um, Yeah. But there should have been a note. And then they milk a lot of tension out of a TV is gonna fall down. It's actually pretty clever. And it's an old TV, like it's a it's a set, you know, it's got the whole boob tube thing, whatever you call it. Yeah. And it's it's heavy looking. Yeah. Like, if it falls on you, it'll... It it can break your knee or something. Uh, Mm. And it's only held by, by a power cord. It's still a silly thing to focus on as much as they do, but it's kind of cool. Hoffman charges in too, 
and he's yelling for Bill, and he's yelling for Aunt Steak and Eggs. He doesn't mention Helen Hunt at all, which is notable. (laughs) This entire town has been destroyed, right? There's rubble everywhere. Who knows how many people are dead. A whole ass ambulance comes for Aunt Steak and Eggs, even though she's fine enough to climb down her own roof. <laughs> and just kind of sits there and lets them talk in the back of the ambulance while in every direction hundreds of people are bleeding to death. <laughs> and I assume Philip Seymour Hoffman is playing cool music at them. Because he's very happy this happened. Playing more 80s butt rock. All this. Yeah. Just. <laughs> Armageddon around him. By the way, I read another thing about this, the house set, or whatever you want to call it. Because the whole oh, thing yeah, is like hydraulics to cult. Hmm? The hydraulics, right? Yeah, the whole thing was like built to, to move up and down and like collapse on cue but apparently this is another I don't want to call it an accident but like one of those incidents on set where the 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 house like collapsed accidentally I think on like the director of photography and he and his crew basically quit over that <laughs> because like it was such a dangerous working environment so they had to hire an entirely new filming crew just to finish the last few weeks of the movie or so of the shoot so yeah as um is dangerous thing apparently well, I heard he would set. also like he would also yell at them a lot when he wanted to like change the angle of the set and didn't realize you had to move every piece of equipment yeah. back behind yeah. the camera again. Yeah, and then yeah. he got mad at them that they had to uh, they had to move all the equipment out of the shot because he didn't know which way he wanted to shoot a scene. Yeah, it sounds like he was kind of pricked to work with. But I mean, yeah. he did make a lot of money for the company, so. I don't know. 
Yeah, it's just, uh, you kind of have to weigh those sorts of things. Like, is, is a massive profit worth dealing with a fucking psycho director? Well, I mean, they yes. don't get the profit, obviously. The, the executives get the, the, get the profit in the end, but... Oh, yeah. Uh, I mean, walking off set is a great thing to do when you're being abused by an employer. Like, I encourage everyone yeah. to do that at all times. Yeah, 100%. But I can see why the studio kept giving him money anyway. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. Because he, he kept making hits. And then I think he made Speed 2. And then they stopped letting him do that. <laughs> I do... I do like the line back and forth. Okay, fine, I'll go to the emergency room, but I'm driving myself. I'm just like, honey, your car is in a tree around the corner. <laughs> that was yeah. actually pretty good. Yeah. Uh, so Helen Hunt goes to bother her in the ambulance, and Aunt Steak and Eggs tells her to stop the next one. Because it could happen to someone else. Even though mm-hmm. she was never going to stop them, that's not how this works. <laughs> but. <laughs> <laughs> <clears throat> well, I think, yeah. Yeah, I, I don't know. I don't know what she was trying to go for there. I mean, she was trying to do that, that third act inspiration thing, but like... Yeah. I, I, they, like, they have come to think of it, they've... They've kept the tornadoes out in the country where they haven't hurt anyone yet, so you never see why it's a big deal. And I guess they finally didn't do that. They could have done that earlier, but it's fine. I get it. Yeah. 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 The fact that they did that to begin with is a weird choice, I think, but but I get why it's suddenly they're trying to bring it home, be like, yeah, this is an actual danger, you know? Yeah. And then, one of the weirdest things the movie does is have Helen Hunt suddenly get inspired by her aunt's metal sculpture to make (laughs) modifications to all of the balls in the barrel of balls. Because all of a sudden, 
it's the balls being too heavy that's been the problem. They have yet to actually get it open in time, so how would they know this at all? (laughs) I mean, to be fair, having excessively heavy balls can be a problem. No, but you know what I mean? Like, they... They act like this is a problem they've been trying to solve. They just made... The problem is they don't open the fucking barrel in time and get hit by trees and stuff. It's never been the balls are too heavy. Look, I'm, I'm not arguing with you here. I'm just, I'm, I, I agree with you completely. I'm, I'm just saying. <laughs> <laughs> you... no, I got you. Yeah, no, I, it's, <sighs> it's, this, this movie's really dumb. Yeah, so... So they've decided retroactively it's the balls that are a problem, not they never got them into the tornado in the first place. <laughs> so now they're gonna get that tornado that tried to kill Aunt Steak and Eggs. <laughs> and also they have a dog now. <laughs> um. <laughs> The tornado that tried to kill Aunt Steak and Eggs, and also more than likely killed hundreds of other people in the city. Yeah, but they don't matter, because they don't have names. They don't have steak and or eggs. Right. Well, they don't have steak and eggs. They probably have steak or eggs, but... No one cares about Aunt Steak or Uncle Eggs. It's Aunt Steak and Eggs. Exactly. You have to have both in order to be cared about. And they have a dog now. Dogs are good. They get all these Pepsi cans. Specifically Pepsi. That's all the Midwest drinks. To make little... It's the same logo that the two tornadoes made earlier, right? I assume it's a huge sponsor of the movie. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And their their logo is more tornado-y than most logos, I guess. I'll give it... Yeah. Uh, I guess so. Coca-Cola makes a spiral on their cans. Mm-hmm. Anyways, you gotta cut these things up. 
Yeah, Coca-Cola would be a good volcano movie sponsor. Yeah. And you make the the lava flow down the side look like a Coca-Cola logo, and then they have to (laughs) make a big aluminum wall to divert the lava, and they make a bunch of Coke cans. No wonder what I liked this movie. This fictional movie about a volcano. Sponsored by Coca Cola. I'm I'm still pretty into it, honestly. We should. Probably not next, but there are some volcano movies from the mid-90s, too. We could, uh, check out Dante's Peak or something. Yeah, like, was there Dante's Peak and there's just a movie called Volcano, right? Yeah, I think that's like a TV movie, isn't it? I thought it was a... Wide release. Wasn't there also Joe versus the volcano? Mm, Let's put up a patron poll and do one of them. (laughs) And let them tell us which one's best. Uh, so they make these little, like, pinwheel wings for all their balls. They're, like, kind of propeller wings, kind of pinwheels. See, they should have gotten like, Red Bull's a sponsor for that, because Red Bull gives you wings. Oh, that would be good. Did Red Bull exist in 1996? I'm pretty sure it did. Okay. You're probably right, but I don't remember it. But you're probably right. Well, it sounds like uh, 1996 was like... Fifth grade, I guess I wasn't drinking yours drinks yet anyway. Hmm. One touch I liked about this, their hands are all cut up, and you can see this, like, when they're doing the the hand work to make these things. Mm -hmm. Good touch. They needed more of that sort of stuff, because that shows that they're determined and that it's rough work, and, like, it would be, because that's that's. Pretty sharp. You're cutting up tin cans. Yeah. We also keep switching back and forth between broad daylight and storm weather. Uh, <laughs> I feel like 
It was less noticeable earlier on, but they're either getting lazy or maybe the new photography team isn't quite as good or something, but it's it's much more obvious that like look left and it's the middle of a summer day and look right and they're in a storm sort of thing. <laughs> This time, they dropped the barrel in the middle of the road, but the tornado throws a tree at them and knocks it over, and when it gets knocked over, suddenly the balls can't be picked up by a goddamn tornado anymore. Yeah, they would. <laughs> That's fine. <laughs> no, the thing, the thing is, I think these things only have a very short usefulness. You know, like they, they can only be activated for like ten seconds or some shit. And then they can no longer work properly or what the fuck ever. Uh, they're they're like also, uh, they're they're very short uh, shelf life balls. If the barrels keep getting knocked over, like, make it a box. Or, uh, like, a pyramid or something that's broader at the bottom. This is easy to do, guys. Like, barrels are for shooting out of catapults. If you want to leave it in the road, make a little pyramid. Yeah. I'm just saying. But the tornado also throws a tree at their truck because it hates them. They can't drive for a minute, but then they can. So it kind of just slows them down for a bit. Then it throws a gas truck at them. And it explodes, and they have to drive through the explosion. <laughs> and that's. I mean, you know, whatever. <laughs> that's fine. <laughs> that was apparently a practical thing. But that was probably a practical effect, like they actually blew a bunch of gasoline and then it looks fake because they had a CGI tornado around it, so that's too bad. (laughs) (laughs) Oh god. So then they start saying, this is it, this is the last one again, which I think they already said. Mm-hmm. And then, 
the movie reminds the Wesley exists. He hasn't been around for like an hour. But they're like, remember Wesley? He's now ignoring advice so he can die. Yeah. And then that happens. <laughs> yeah. For for some reason they get on the same radio frequency and they're they, it seems like for a couple seconds they're gonna work together because Wesley's sort of listening to them their advice but then Bill tells him they should turn around because the the because he, he's having the vault the not volcano the tornado whisperer moment and he's saying oh the thing is gonna the thing is gonna turn it's gonna come right at you and you know you're gonna die and whatever and Wesley just says no it's fine I'm not gonna listen to you anymore even though five seconds ago it sounded like they were gonna work together and then he shuts off the radio and then he immediately drives directly into a tornado and dies. Well, Wesley, Wesley ignores their cowardly advice because Wesley is very brave. And I feel like <laughs> that's the first thing to note here. <laughs> And okay, sure. He probably could have handled the tornado, except the tornado throws a spear at them, <laughs> which he was not <laughs> expecting. <laughs> he impales the driver and then eats them after he's disabled them. Which, <laughs> I can see why you wouldn't expect that part. Yeah. I just, I, I will not stand this Wesley slander for too long. <laughs> he did not know that the tornado's gonna have javelins, because why would you? It starts throwing tractors at Helen Hunt and Bill Paxton. And then it drops a house in the road and they drive through it. <laughs> what in the actual fuck? <laughs> but, but it was fun. Like, they definitely built an actual set and had a truck drive through it so that was interesting yeah but I think if they're gonna be this cartoony they really should be on a motorcycle at this point right I mean, I mean better 
If you're gonna follow action movie tropes, yes, of course. Here the music starts playing. They have to do a quick time event where Helen Hunt's like yelling, Go left! Go right! Go left! They have to dodge tractors in another house. That was so weird. (laughs) It was... It would have been a good scene in video game that they didn't make. Yeah. I actually, I think this would have been a better video game than a movie, possibly. Yeah, I could see that. We we need more of those. More of the action games that aren't just killing guys, that are like avoiding things that are actually dangerous. Yeah. Might not have worked in 1996, but maybe in like 2015 or something they could have made a pretty interesting vaguely realistic I don't know, if you're talking like cartoony not super realistic, then yeah, I could have totally worked in like 90, like 2000 or something, like a PlayStation 2 game or something. But if we're talking like realistic storm chasing thing, probably you'd have to wait a couple, couple years stuff to get a bit more realistic but yeah that'd be cool yeah I'm just thinking like like shooters are way overdone and like just kill a bunch of enemies games are way overdone yeah there's like other really exciting situations out there I feel like racing games kind of get it but like, what about other weird ones? What about like fireman games and and avoid tornadoes but try to get your shit into the shit games? I don't know. I, I want to see someone try it. I'm tired of being a floating gun, but I like video games. Do more stuff. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, I think, I mean, as far as, like, realism goes, that is, unfortunately, the... That and sports games are basically the... the... the de facto AAA-type games, but... I mean, if we're not looking for super realistic stuff, there are tons of indie games out there that are much more uh, imaginative and interesting. They have a lot more uh, fun and cool concepts and everything, but 
Yeah, well, if we're talking like, like a, even talking like a big budget game, then good luck with that. I'm thinking even games like the uh, the new Tomb Raiders and stuff. There's a lot of environmental hazards and exploring and stuff. It's pretty good. And then the boring parts are when you catch up with enemy whatever snap take them out. But like, yeah, sir. Are all wilderness. I, I don't know. I think there's money there. I could be wrong. I know there's also a lot of money in making the same game over and over again, putting out a new edition every year. So fair enough. But yeah. <laughs> I mean, that's because people will just keep buying them. You know, you're gonna. Keep making the same Call of Duty game every year. People are still gonna buy it and they're gonna get billions of dollars from it. Man, I'm still playing Modern Warfare 2, the 2006 version. Like, no money for me. But, Jesus. <laughs> Yeah. Also, that one's got uh, Lance Henriksen and Keith David in it, that's why. Um, <laughs> I can understand why. <laughs> yeah. They're rad. They're also in Mass Effect, which is my favorite game of all time. Uh, watch oh, my nice. Twitch channel, everyone. Don't, don't watch my Twitch channel, everyone. If you like this, it's, it's the exact opposite side of my personality. You probably wouldn't like it. <laughs> so they, they do the quick time of it and start driving through corn again, because of course they do. And then they decide to set cruise control and kamikaze the storm. Which mm-hmm. actually does make some sense, because it's, you know, leaving it in the road hasn't worked and it is a half mile wide. Like, fair enough. A catapult would also work. You don't have to lose your truck. But, alright. Fine. How they force doors open when they're colliding with corn on both the left and the right and driving forward through it is beyond me. Because if you're going yeah. fast enough, I don't think you'd be able to. It kind of feels to me like they're probably... Maybe they're both... They both have super strength or something. I mean, this movie feels supernatural enough as it is. Maybe they're both... Maybe they're both just fucking superheroes. Because not only do they hold the doors open 
to to their truck while they're driving through a cornfield when when they let the the truck go into the tornado they then just outrun the tornado on foot which I'm pretty sure is not a thing that people can do I mean, I think tornadoes go like 10 to 20 miles an hour, so you maybe could for a little while. I don't know. I don't know. I mean, I'm pretty sure I remember that, I mean, all not all tornadoes are made equal, obviously, but I'm pretty sure that at sure. least one of the tornadoes they talked about was traveling at like 40 miles an hour. So... Oh yeah, that's not gonna work. Yeah, so yeah. I just, I don't know. But I think it would have been more believable and probably more interesting, like, Scene if they'd had to climb out the little back cab thing, you know? Because mm-hmm. you can do that. And Helen Huntelray did once to, like, activate the barrel or whatever. Yeah. It's fine. Whatever. They, they, they jump out the car... Uh, the car, the the car, it go forward. The barrel, mm-hmm. it open up. The balls, they fly. The truck, mm-hmm. it fly also. Yeah. Triumph music. <laughs> But then, uh-oh, music change. The tornado sees them because they threw a truck into it. <laughs> and then it heads towards them. And now they must run away through the corn it is 100% like a slasher movie at this point. <laughs> <laughs> like they can yeah. sort of see the tornado over the corn and they try to hide <laughs> from it. <laughs> uh, they see a running horse that's also trying to get away. And this is my first prediction that was 100% wrong. I was certain he was going to leap on that fucking running horse. Right? And somehow the director resisted that intrusive thought. (laughs) But... At this point, who cares? He really should have. Uh. They 
dodge into this wooden barn full of size because it's very smart. But oh my god, it's the Twister's house! <laughs> they tried to hide in the Twister's house! <laughs> because they leave the barn just as it gets eaten but none of the cool blade things fly after them which it should have they dodge some sauce that's rad <laughs> what even uh, it's chasing him it's throwing bits of wood and wheels and stuff I think they thought this was the most exciting, like, climax of the movie, but this is the part I cared about the least, because it's so... It's too divorced from reality at this point. Yeah. Like, yeah. the flying debris is going around them. <laughs> and... Things that weigh several hundred times what they weigh are being lifted up around them while they're not, you know? <laughs> they spot the perfect place to hide, which is a, like, 20-pound corrugated metal shed. Mm -hmm. But there's a pipe inside it, and right under the pipe, there's a clear hole with a grating under it, or over it, that would be the perfect hiding spot and might actually protect them from wind. They don't go into that. <laughs> they just stay on the surface and tie themselves to a pipe while the tornado very carefully carves up the walls and roof of this thing and steers it around them. <laughs> So that it doesn't hurt them. Yeah. Eh. It scoops everything right off of them so nothing hits them. Their eyes are open and everything and dust doesn't even get into them. <laughs> like... <laughs> I, I got hit by a dust devil one time and by got hit I mean ran up to and jumped through mm -hmm. and it was fine but like it fucked my eyes up even when they were closed yeah you can't do this <laughs> <laughs> It's just another, what's the word, I can't think of it, 
brick in the wall. It's more, it's, it's, it's more proof that this has to be some sort of like a science fiction or supernatural movie. Because th- th- this is just so far beyond reality that it's like my I stopped paying even slightly close attention to this movie a long time ago so I didn't really care what was happening but still this was beyond ridiculous for a movie that It really feels like it's trying to be serious. And this is just... Yeah, it, it starts it, in that um, Yeah. But, but by this point, it's like, okay. What kind of movie are you trying to make? Are you trying to make like a serious science uh, meteorological study movie about storm chasers? Or are you making a, a, a fantasy movie about superheroes and, and demonic tornadoes. What the fuck movie are you making on Debont? Well, they used that same effect they used in um, Neverending Story to tie it to another anti-alum. Where they have like a rotating set. So it looks like they're being sucked up by the wind, but they're actually just hanging from the pipe that they moved onto the ceiling. Which looks pretty good if it wasn't such a cartoon ass scene to be trying to make. <laughs> <laughs> like, I forget a never-ending story because it's about a boy telling a fairy tale. Right. And it was still a little awkward. <laughs> like... <laughs> also, I mean, there is that shaft into the ground right there which Realson could hide in and not get hit by the reason and they're... Mm. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. But the writers care so much. They're upside down. The weird hero music starts playing. And you see the middle of the tornado, which it turns out 
has another smaller tornado in it that's like the mastermind tornado that's driving the bigger tornado. I don't think tornadoes have eyes of the storm, but if you're gonna say they do, this is still a weird thing to have in the middle of one. And then suddenly it blows apart, so God means to come down, everything's fine. Yep. Paxton and Hunt have very dirty clothes and perfectly clean faces and start fighting for no reason. Then the ragtag group shows up and whoop and dance on the ruined livelihood of this family that's watching because they just came out of the cellar. They didn't even need to show a family coming out of the cellar, but they did. So these guys could dance on the ruins of their life. They're monsters. <laughs> it's the worst. Plain and simple. And then the the two are kissing because their relationship is very viable long term mm-hmm. and not at all toxic and doomed. Yeah. Um, and the and the last line of the movie. Did you get this from Helen Hunt? No. She says, I think we've seen enough. I agree. Nice. <laughs> nice. And then... Because it's on that shot. Yeah. And then... Terrible Eddie Van Halen butt rock plays for the next six minutes as the credits roll by. Yeah, we're aware, by the way, it's weird to say terrible Eddie Halen, Eddie Van Halen rock, but yeah, it's it's definitely not as Although he did make it specifically for movies, so it shouldn't be his best work. Oh, okay. I, for some reason, I don't know why I thought... It was commissioned for the movie, I think. Okay. That, that makes a bit more sense. It still doesn't excuse how bad it is. Like, sure. It, it sounded like they handed somebody a, 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 a Van Halen CD. Somebody who has 
played like a beginner's guitar. Like they handed me a Van Halen CD and a guitar and said, do what he does. And that's what that sounded like. I mean, that's how my movie's gonna end, is you playing guitar as Van Halen. It's gonna be pretty good. No, no, it's not. (laughs) I'm not that skilled. But instead of clouds, I'm gonna have pictures of just baby pigs. <laughs> just piglets. <laughs> just sort of just sort of going around and, you know, playing games with that little thing to do where they like suddenly start to jump. That's how mine ends. <laughs> I like that more. <laughs> and this is the first time I realized that my first walkthrough, or my first view, walkthrough, whatever, um, WTF, this was written by Michael Crichton and produced by Steven Spielberg? What happened, guys? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. But I am am kind of into the ending, because it isn't... It isn't that good a song... But still, like, smooth metal by Van Halen over shots of billowing storm clouds, so I'm into it enough, you know? Mm-hmm. Like, it's not... For Van Halen, it's pretty bad, but for regular music, it's only... Okay. Yeah. I thought. Yeah. If, if had I not known it was it was Eddie Van Halen who who did this, I would have thought, okay, that is a marginally talented butt rock guitarist who is just noodling away on the guitar for six minutes. Yeah. Knowing it was Van Halen who did it, I'm sad. Because he's so much better than this. But I do love songs that are just so noodling on a guitar for more than five minutes. Um, oh, yeah. Maggot Brain? Maggot uh, Brain might be my favorite song of all time. Is that a. Shit. 
like Bootsy Collins or Parliament Funkadelic or something? Uh, originally, I don't know, but but my version is the, uh, George Clinton. Yeah, yeah, George Clinton was Parliament and or Funkadelic, so, okay. I think I've heard that yeah. one. It's been a while. The best. <laughs> uh, and it has like no words after the beginning. Hmm. I mean, if if we're talking about like guitar noodling for five plus minutes, I mean, one of my favorite artists is Buckethead, and that's all he does is guitar solos for like 12 minutes in a row for each song is 12 minutes long and it's nine and a half minutes of guitar solo but he's also like he he can pull it off and like any Van Halen I know can pull off wild amazing guitar solos because he's the greatest. Well, well could like, he at this point? I don't know when his peak was. I mean, this is only... This is only like... I can't imagine he was that old. He was probably maybe... Shit, now I have to look this up. Sorry. Because he... Because he uh, died... In the last 20... Well, how old is this movie? This movie's, what, 20... almost old? 30 years old. <laughs> this movie is almost 30 years, years old. old. Yeah. Uh, he was born in 1955. So he was, like, 40. He was still... Oh, okay. Probably well on his... Probably still fine as a guitarist. Uh, if you if you want the song, it's called Respect the Wind. Listener. It's... Uh, Sam knows Van Halen better than I do, and therefore dislikes it more than I do. <laughs> I thought it was okay, but Van Halen's definitely done better stuff. See, okay, the the one other thing about this song, and I'm sorry to to harp on it so much. Now go for it. The 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 like the mood of this song is completely divorced from the rest of the music in this in this movie like the rest of this music the rest of the like background music is this bombastic, ridiculous-sounding adventure music, and then this 
haunting, scary music and then choirs and shit. And then all this 80s butt rock that's like, it makes sense in the context of the film. And this song sounds nothing like anything else in the movie. And I just don't understand why they used it. I mean, I get it if they they contracted Eddie Van Halen. It's like, hey, write us a song for the end of this movie. But then they maybe just didn't tell him anything else about it. And he was just like, whatever, I'm just going to guitar solo for six minutes. Well, I think... A lot of the songs that Dusty plays are Van Halen, aren't they? Over his loudspeaker? During the movie? Uh, I... I don't remember. Like, most of the so- I wasn't listening a lot of the times, because there was so much... That is another thing about this film. I know we're, we're like halfway into the, the, what did you think about this movie? Um, one of the things that bothered me about this movie a lot is that there is so much, um, auditory sensory overload that it gets extremely overwhelming at times. Like, there's there are times where people are screaming and demons are yelling in the background and stuff <laughs> is being thrown around and there's still music blasting in the background. It's like, there's too many, too many stimuli and it's just, it's too fucking loud. So too many directions at once. Yeah. There like there's there's a point early on where uh Philip Seymour Hoffman is singing the theme for uh, from Oklahoma and the William Tell Overture is playing underneath and it's like what the fuck are you doing you're playing two completely different songs at the same time and it hurts my brain i just didn't get what the what was the point of that yeah it was pretty weird Uh, I don't know. Well, I guess, um, we are leading into it, but Sam... Yeah? What'd you think of this movie overall? Would you recommend it? Would you not? This movie is so stupid. 
I have a hard time recommending it, but also it's so dumb, you might as well watch it anyway. Yeah. Like, I'm, uh... If you... <laughs> yeah, go ahead. No, 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 I'll, I'll go after you. Oh. Um... Let me find the exact Roger Ebert quote. No, no, I, I was just trying to think of the, the, like, the exact Roger Ebert quote was, I, I don't remember, but it's, he, he sums it up perfectly. Turn your brain off when you watch this movie. Don't listen to any of the dialogue because everyone except for uh, Jamie Gertz and to a lesser extent Carrie Ellis are horrible people uh, that don't deserve like they don't deserve to be highlighted. So I don't listen to the, the anyone talking. Just focus on the the demons in the tornadoes and the the neat but dated special effects. Uh, and just you know. Don't think about the plot being incredibly stupid. Um, but yeah, like, it, don't think about the movie, and don't think about the dialogue, and it's, it's pretty cool. You know, there are cool visual effects that I, as a visually impaired manatee, think still look decent, but then again there are some parts that don't like the, the zebra cow, but you know it's a stupid movie but you, you can still watch it, like it's it's not the worst thing I've seen in the last year, for sure so I, I don't know. I, I don't have a lot else. What you got? Yeah, I, um... I think it, it hit that sweet spot of so bad it's good for me. I think they did the same thing too many times. Like, the first twister yes. was really impressive, and it felt pretty played by the last one. And then they had to up the ante to the point where it was impossible to take seriously anymore. But I, I liked the general premise. It's an interesting job that I think doesn't really exist anymore. And I really liked the ride-along parts of it. 
quite a bit, even if I didn't mm-hmm. like the characters, or wouldn't like the characters if I was really there with them. Yeah. Uh, and it was... It had me invested, and it had me think about tornadoes, which are cool on their own, and, like, it's, it's one of those movies that I thought about for a couple days after I saw it, independent of having to record a podcast about it, like, uh, you know, what it got right and what it got wrong, and... What a bizarrely large portion of things I said about tornadoes was actually true. Um, <laughs> and, you know, it, it, it's it's fun. It, it goes by what it thinks the rule of cool is instead of things that make that much sense. I think it misses a couple times, but I wasn't at any point bored with it. Like, even when I was sort of getting tired of the tornadoes themselves, I wasn't bored yet. And for a movie as long as it is, I think it's like an hour 45 or so, right? Like, it's almost two hours long. Yeah, it's like, it's about an hour 45 plus seven minutes of credits or so. Right. Like, I wasn't... uh, This is one sitting movie for me, which most aren't these days. Like, it was uh, entertaining enough throughout, and I I was invested-ish. And, um, mm-hmm. you know, it was, it was, when it became obvious how dumb it was, I, I kind of liked it more. Um, I wish it was mm-hmm. a little more self-aware, but hey, you can't have everything. So, like, for me, it's a, yeah. it's a recommend. I, um, I could see watching this movie... Again, I'm not, like, done with it forever the way I have a lot of these, you know? Yeah. So, I'll Uh, I'll give it that. It's a a pretty solid recommend for me, actually. Which is just not to be confused with saying it's a good movie. Solid recommend. Not saying it's good. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, I do agree with you about the, um, the weird repetition. I think that's unnecessary. Uh, I do also agree with you about the, the, the car scenes, the driving scenes. I don't know, for me... It's a little hard to recommend because, again, personally, um, 
the the visuals while like the visuals of the tornadoes were kind of neat the camera was super herky jerky for about 75% of the movie because they're trying to trying to convey what it's like to, to drive through a giant storm I get that but for me that makes it like impossible to watch <laughs> and again with the with the large amount of audi of um auditory stimuli it kind of like it was total sensory overload for me so it was I had to watch this movie in several chunks I think I said that earlier so I watched for like 20 minutes and then stop and then watch for another 20 minutes and then stop for a little while and do something else that was less chaotic because the movie really doesn't slow down like there are a few there are those few short scenes where they're they're either having food at Aunt Steak and Egg's house or they're picking up coffee at a diner or going to a gas station. But the movie cuts a pretty breakneck pace for an hour and 45 minutes. And I was kind of exhausted yeah, by the end of it. Like, I, I, I think I... I actually watched the last 30 minutes of it like the day after I started it because it was just, it was too much for me. So, you know, if, if you're... Oh, also, this movie does have a lot of flashing lights. In the beginning, True. with all the lightning, and at the end. So if you're, if you are susceptible, we probably should have said this at the beginning. But if you're susceptible to like flashing lights and stuff, you probably shouldn't watch the movie. Yeah, I I assume there's some sort of legal standard for what uh, rate they can be at to be safe that I hope it meets. But yeah, that, that's good. That's a good point. Yeah. Like, it, it was released in theaters, so I hope that if you just see the title Twister and watched it, uh, we didn't cause any medical issues, because... <laughs> Hopefully yeah. it's out there, but like, yeah, definitely if it makes you feel uncomfortable, uh, 
look away and turn off. You're not missing anything too great. Yeah. Yeah. As far as recommending, I... I'm, I'm a little hesitant to just cause I don't it's a stupid movie which is fine stupid movies are great sometimes I don't know this one just was a little too much for me it was just kind of it was too it was It was like, uh, you know, getting a... No, I don't want to say that. It was just... It was, it, was, it was too... It was too many things happening all at the same time for too... For too long of a period of time for me to kind of find any enjoyment out of it, so I I wouldn't recommend it, but that's just based on my experience with it, you know. Everyone's different. You might like the movies like this. No, I'm not. I'm not talking like you, Ben. I'm talking like the listener, if if they're still awake or whatever. You might like these sorts of things. I don't really. Uh, the 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 popcorn action movie. Summer blockbuster things have never really been my thing. So, this is not really my favorite type of movie, so I can't really recommend it. But if you like that sort of thing, and you don't mind mid-90s CGI... It's 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 not bad. Just it's a it's a decent like popcorn. Turn your brain off. Watch the cool visual effects kind of movie. But I I wouldn't recommend it just for for general viewing. Fair. No, that makes perfect sense. I am, and I know I am generally more enthusiastic about bad movies that I think are funny than you are, so that's... Well, I think we have... It's our taste that's sort of coming out. Yeah, I like, I, I do also enjoy bad movies, but like a different kind of, of bad movies. Like I definitely, like, uh, The Adventures of Buckaroo Banzai. I love that movie. I haven't seen it in a while, but like, it's, it's stupid and weird, 
but it's fantastic and I love it. So, you know, stuff like that. Uh, I, I think I appreciate that sort of stuff more than, um, than, than stuff like Twister. I, th I think maybe it's just like lower budget stuff I like more than high budget productions. But I don't know, maybe I'm just being weird and biased and that sort of thing. I'm too no, indie. Don't get me wrong, it's, it's no plan nine from outer space. <laughs> I you know I've still never seen that. Really? Yeah. Ah, oh, Sam. Okay, I've got we're we're making a list. Um Okay. I should have invited you. You probably won't come. There was a, uh, uh, So Bad It's Good film festival, like, weekend before last. It had Plan 9 and Troll 2 and The Room, <laughs> specifically. <laughs> You've seen oh, The Room, man. yeah? Yes. Okay. The other two also at some point you should see. Although six hours it was <laughs> a bit much. Mm-hmm. Okay. I, I actually kinda wanna watch a bunch of Ed Wood films at some point. We should do character. Yeah. Absolutely. Set that up for uh Maybe next time, actually. Yeah. I mean, if we don't do another volcano, like waltz yeah. down sort of thing. But yeah, volcano. Yeah. Well, if we're putting a poll up, we'll need a couple months for that anyway. So I'll put True. together a poll on Patreon for a volcano movie, and then we can watch Plan Nine from Our Space. That sounds good to me. I'm pretty sure that's on archive.org, so I can just grab it for free. Oh, it's gotta be. Anything that's flying away should be free. Yeah. In my cosmology. <laughs> Alrighty. Well, okay. That was Twitter, Twister, Twitter, yeah, Twister, 1996, starring mm -hmm. Bill Paxton, Helen Hunt, and then everybody. <laughs> Until next time, I'm trying to think of a line from it, but I don't have one. I'm just kidding. Okay. Until next time, I've been Ben. I am Sam. And I'll see you in Vegas. Because we're doing it for the money, not for the science.
Yeah! Rest in peace, whatever the hell Cariel's name was. <laughs> Showing us something. to you by our patrons over at patreon.com slash manatees. If you'd like to support the show, consider becoming a patron. Donations start at just $1 a month, and half of all proceeds after hosting costs will go towards actual manatee habitat preservation. You can listen to Matinee Manatees on iTunes, the Stitcher app, and YouTube. Our music was composed by Kevin McLeod. You can find this track and much more on his website, incompetech.com. 